This is Gav Thorpe, and you're listening to Radio Free Istvan. Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Man, dude, that new opening is freaking sweet, man. Every time I hear it, it's so nice. So nice. Thank you. Thank you, Ben Porter. So... Ah, uh, uh, you said his last name. You said it's no last names on the internet. Now everybody's going to be hitting him up. Hey, record this for me, Ben. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? My name is Michael. I have my co-host Ryan here with me. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? And we are a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, I'm out of Texas. Ryan's out of Indiana. I know that y'all had to know that because, you know, we have to say it. I don't know. You don't Whatever. have to. You could say anything you want you can tell them i'm from oklahoma you can tell them i'm from they have to they have to know that we're from two different parts of the united states so that they know that there's two different like play styles they have to like like every day we every time we record this podcast it's like we have to merge two different groups together and yeah but we joke about this all the time we're like we're from a different place but it's the same place it's still guns trucks republicans and jesus it's texas and indiana (laughs) <laughs> i guess you're right you're 100% right well anyway guys this is episode 20 this is our 20th episode we recorded it's a pretty much a benchmark for us i'm pretty happy that we've made it 20 weeks straight of like just recording uh and this episode's kind of special because i don't know what happened i i, I honestly don't know what happened last between last episode and now but list have just been flowing in like it's just like this week is gonna be like list of palooza i think is what we determined that we're gonna call this episode because we got four lists we have to go over today like it's and and there's more we're missing some like it's four lists we're actually gonna go over today but like there's one there's like there's more that we should be going over the more that we got sent in and i i know josh has a list that he wants us to go over but it's like like, Plus, bro. there's some behind-the-scenes lists that we worked on for people that were just like, ah, I don't really want it on the episode. I just, you know, want some help or whatever. I just want to, so. I just want to sling, sling pain to people. But y'all don't have to talk about it because I don't want people to know. But yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. So this episode, I mean, we're gonna basically hit up some like short hobby progress and everything like that. You know what we've been up to, and then we're just gonna go straight into lists and why we. Went with certain lists. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. So, I guess let's just, like... And, and for those of y'all that are, like, this far in, you're like, man, I wonder what kind of list they want, we're to, are going to talk about, but I don't want to go into it. Uh, we have a Solar Ox list, an Alpha Legion list, a Sons of Horus list, and a badass Salamander Eben Drake list that, that we're going to save for last, because, like, that's... There's Iron Warriors in it too. Salamander Iron Warriors. Salamander Iron Warriors. Basically, it's the book six, book six, Eben Drake story. Like he, man, that that story is so fucking sweet. So, if y'all didn't know, like it's basically they go to Istvan, find Cassian Dracos, 
buried underneath rubble and he's in a crater made of volcanic glass from a land strike from orbit and he's just laying underneath there somehow fucking alive and they dig him out because he's casting drake but like did you imagine if they didn't go looking like if the evan drake didn't go looking out for any signs of some life. reclamation team or something at some point would have went out there to either well he may have just died just from being in the the casket and like the system's finally failing right but who knows because he's got the uh the crazy like vulcan technology like vulcan gave him the super tech where he's like self-repairs it may have actually kept him alive he may have laid there alive until like a reclamation team, like just looking for scrap or looking for whatever they could reclaim after the heresy had ended finds him. Or maybe, um, even just like pirate, you know, like somebody like just looking for some shit or maybe there's all these, uh, <laughs> you said pirate. That'd be the worst fucking pirate thing to like uncover. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. what is this? A dreadnought chassis? This fool's alive. And it's like, Cassie Draco's <laughs> the emperor just starts killing fucking. Yeah. Oh. Or they make, um, in the 40K universe, they have these things called relic worlds. Like, if they have a world that most of the population dies in a battle or whatever in remembrance, they'll literally leave it as a grave world. So, like, they'll have, like, a planet-wide cemetery, which is, like, a small garrison to, like, upkeep maintenance. So, they've never really said, that's something to think about. Like, what is Fawn 5, like, in 40K? Is, is it, like, a relic world? Do they, like, preserve it, like, because of what it means or did they just fucking totally covered up? Cause they don't want to know what people know about the heresy and chaos Marines and the split. So they just don't talk about it and ignore it. Maybe cordon it off. It's kind of neat. You I can, feel like, I feel like in the, in like the Cassie and Draco side of thing, because you know how machines just like were hot for them. Like, yeah. Like, okay. For, for those of y'all that don't know, Cassie and Draco's is this like dreadnought, a, a legion dreadnought, a little box dread that, was built his dreadnought chassis sarcophagus was like built by Vulcan himself. He's supposed to be like the alpha, like the the alpha dog, the first version ever of a ironclad dreadnought, like the first ever ironclad. Like every other iron, the whole entire idea of ironclad dreadnoughts came from Vulcan building Cassian Dracos. So for some reason, like Cassian Dracos has like all this like just. For for some reason they don't explain why, and they, there's nothing that like they don't cover like some mysterious like probe he's got in him, but like machines are hot for him like they. It they, only happens though after he sits. He doesn't have it originally, and yeah. that the that dreadnought chassis is still alive in 40k, but it's not the same occupant. Like it's a different pilot. Uh huh. And the, the as far as I know the the once Cass and Dracos. Once uh, the pilot of of that dies, they uh, they inter another person in it. They don't have that same ability. So it has something to do with actually Cassian yeah. Dracos. Yeah, the actual pilot Cassian Dracos. It, it's weird because in forty K, it's Brayarth Ashmantle is the current uh, person interred in it, and he was a uh, a, a Terminator of the. He was a Fire Drake, and. He got killed by a bunch of um, gene stealers. Like they mutually killed each other, slaughtered like a whole pack of gene stealers on his own, but they mortally wounded him and they put him in a dreadnought. And that's actually the model for Cass and Dracos is is Brayarth Ashmantle. And you're just supposed to use the same model. So, so like we, the fluff hasn't been written on how he dies yet then. No, 
which yeah. like I said, the, the, the chassis survives, but the, yeah. the casting Dracos himself has dies at some point. It may be in the heresy. It may be after there's no fluff on that. I'm not ready for that, Ryan. <laughs> like I'm not. Oh like there's very, there's very few characters that like, like there's some characters out there that are still alive in 40k, and you're like, okay, or like they have their stories or told long time ago, right? But Cassian Dracos, I'm just not ready for him to go. Like I don't, like he just, he's pretty cool. So I mean, regardless, we've got a list about basically. Well, going back to the story, the Eben Drake, they dig him up, they find him underneath his glass and then they bring him on the ship and like all the servitors and all that stuff are like, you know, trying to give him fellatio and stuff. And <laughs> they're like, Hey, get off of him. What are you doing? Like, stop, stop helping him. Like they're like really polishing him and cleaning him and like just being weird around him. And then, uh, they go to a, like a mechanic, like, I don't know. It's, it's called a try something. Whereas those like three mechanical women all suck together, stuck together. It's a it's a forge world. Yeah, it's a forge and world. And the, the forge world is ran by three Magoses that are in like mental concert with each other where they communicate and they became basically like a hive mind that becomes one entity. Yeah. That runs the forge world. Right. And then spoiler alert, uh one of them dies and so the planet like it's basically these three women are controlling every mechanical unit on the planet and once one dies it kind of fucks everybody up they're not like as smart as they should be and all that stuff but when cassie and dracos is around they're like oh i remember we're good now and there's a iron warrior i guess contingent on the planet with yeah uh, with alpha legion yeah with alpha legion they get fucked over by the alpha legion and cassie and dracos just like walks over to them and like this Iron Warrior unit, or Iron Warrior contingent, actually had Mechanicum inside of there. Like, you know, they had like... Well, the guy that's leading it is Narek Drager, who is a Pravian. So he has a yeah. bunch of Castellax with him. So he had a bunch of Castellax that would not attack Cassian Dracos. They just, like, stood down. They're like, hold on. Do you know who this guy is? Because we do. And he just, like, walks up. But you got to read the rest of the story. The rest of the story basically is, like, Cassian Dracos having a secret conversation with Narek Drager. And... There's there's no record of what happened there, and he ends up joining the party. But Narek Jager is like, "Hey, dude, I get it." Like, yeah. I I can't wait to see what they do with that story arc because it doesn't like the the way that story actually ends. They don't really give you the end. It's just like here's the scenario of what's going on, and then it ends at a certain point, but it's not really like a hard ending. Like they definitely, you know, could do more with it going forward in the heresy. I just imagine Cassie and Dracos walking past all of these like castlex that stood down and all the salamanders and fucking all the other loyalists that are like watching on like what's happening and then he comes out holding hands with Narek Dragur. <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh. He's uh he's he's just so damn fucking he's just so sweet. Like he's such a nice guy. I've decided yeah, to stand cool. down. It reminds me a lot. I've read both the Odyssey and the Iliad, and it reminds me a lot of the Odyssey. Like, there's a lot of overarching themes. Like, if you think about, like, the three tech priest women could be the three... Um, wait, never mind. That's a different thing. But, it, like, there's a lot of, like... Right. Uh, um, Just, like, going back. Like, it feels like when you read the Odyssey, this is what this feels like. It's like a journey-type story. You know, like, with Odysseus and all that and all the things that he sees and all the perils and stuff that's it's basically kind of in the same vein as that 
Yeah. I, dude, uh, the Eben Drake story was probably like one of the best things that you can get inside book six. If you're out there and you don't I like have the Xana story. Oh, yeah, Xana story is pretty good, too. The whole book is awesome. It's got the best, probably, maybe maybe has the best fluff of any of the rule books. And that says something because I like all the rest of them, too. If you're running around right now with both red books and you like you, you don't want to spend money on like a big book, go and get yourself book six. It's totally worth it just for the fluff inside. And because Stiff 3 is going to be mostly Xana based, so you got to get your... You know, plus there's stuff in book six that aren't in the red books. That's the one like that's the one book that has all the gaps that fills in all the gaps of things that you don't have in the red books, like blood angels, white scars, dark angels. Plus all the characters. I don't like like Tybalt Mar, the updated cast and Dracos, all that shit. The only place you can find it's in book six. None of those characters. There's like uh, probably 10 characters that are only in book six. So go get that, guys. Go get your book six. It's worth every penny. But anyway, back on track. So yeah, we got an Evan Drake list on top of the other three lists that we're gonna be working on here. So uh, I guess let's uh, let's go ahead and just take this car back. Uh, Ryan, dude, what you what you been working on, man? Well, so my hobby progress. I've been painting on those Avenger Strike Fighters. So I. I kind of, here's the thing. I really want to learn how, like, these guys do, like, the more, like, realistic military modeling, like, weathering techniques and stuff like that. So we recorded the podcast last weekend, and then the next day I went to uh, the local hobby store. Or maybe it was the day of the pod. I don't remember. But last weekend, we'll just say last weekend. So last weekend I went to the hobby store and bought a ton of, like, the MIG weathering stuff and some of the there's like aka interactive yeah aka interactive yeah that's some of that stuff and then um vallejo makes like this really cool weathering stuff they're like in bigger bot like a lot bigger bottles than like games workshop paint they Mm -hmm. got like rain streaks and engine soot and all this stuff plus i already had the forge world weathering powders so i bought a bunch of that crap i bought a bunch of like military modeling magazines that had cool articles and cool like you know, how to do this and that in it. And I watched a ton of YouTube videos to try to just self-teach myself right? how to do some of these weathering. Because I've I'm always, like, been a really clean painter. I've never tried to learn that. And I want, I want to do Death Guard at some point. And my Death Guard army, I want to paint in that style. I want to, like, it's kind of like how I always, I try to pick an army and do a new technique and my word bears were freehand. I want to do Death Guard and I want to go with like the realistic looking or military style, like weathering stuff. But I've also got an old Krieg army. It's a huge ass Krieg army. Only about, I got a ton of painted tanks for it, but as far as infantry goes, I only got about 50 guys painted, but I probably have like 200 models that aren't painted for it that are just sitting in, you know, baggies or whatever. Um, I might, depending on, I might do that first or I might do, Buy, go all in and buy uh, Death Guard. I don't actually own any Death Guard yet, but either way, though, that's going to be the army that I do all the weathering on, whichever one I get to first. So, a lot of my week, like hobby stuff, I didn't actually do hobby stuff. It was just research on that, you know, trying to get the knowledge to do it. And then I was working a little bit on those Avenger Strike Fighters, and I think I'm going to try some basic weathering on that, which they are plain, so they're not going to have like you know, all the crazy weathering like a tank would have anyway. So I might just like use those as like the first model. I try it on, but just do, 
minimum, you know, a little bit. Like I will put weathering on it, but not go overboard. Hell yeah. So I'm working on those. I got, uh, I had them all airbrushed up. I did all the shading on them. And now I, I went through and started painting all like the details on the actual plane bodies and stuff like that. Um, so that was the only painting I did. And then I, I, nobody gives a shit, but I build a couple war machine models. Um, and then, uh, I, uh, started doing writing, you know, doing a lot of these lists. I mean, I had, like I said, I probably wrote shit, a dozen army lists this week. (laughs) And, but, and, um, so that, and then we're, I'm going to have a local event here on November 5th. Uh, so I'm going to, my game, we're, we're recording this podcast right before my game club gets here. And, um, so I'm going to officially announce it to them today. And I was working on the missions, at least getting them roughed in with my friend, Nick. And the event is going to have 10 tables and each table is going to have three missions. So if the loyalists control the table, it'll be one mission that you play. If the traders control the table, it'll be another mission, a different mission. And then if it's neutral, if neither side controls it, it'll be a, a different mission. So I have to write 30 missions, 30 custom missions for all these tables and come up with secondaries and come up with deployment plus, you know, overall event rules and fluff for the event. So I was working on that this week too. So most of my hobby progress was like writing stuff, doing research, you know, paperwork, uh, you know, that kind of shit. So between trying to come up with 30 custom missions and write like a dozen army lists that ate up a lot of my time. Plus, uh, we've had a lot of guys out at work and sick. So just on the personal front, I worked like three double shifts and I had a sick animal. I was having to take to the vet and all kinds of stuff. So just been busy this week. So I didn't get a lot of painting done. I did work on those planes. I did watch a lot of YouTube videos and like do a like, practice. I got an old Lehman Russ that's painted like, uh, almost like a German world war two German tank, like the gray, gray color. And I've been working on that, just like practicing a little bit of weathering. But that's pretty much it. Nothing real big. Did you, uh, like in your YouTube travels, did you find a Dr. Painted? No, I haven't gotten like, you know, totally balls deep into that yet. It was mostly looking to those magazines. And I just, I got on YouTube and typed in like military model weathering and just like looked at the videos and then seen like ones that I might like and just wrote them down on a piece of notebook paper to go back and find them later and watch them. I think I only watched like one video. So I may have found that guy. I just wrote down the title of the video, not like yeah the channel or whatever. If you uh, if you get a chance, man, uh, Dr. Painted, he uses that AK Interactive quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I learned how to paint my Imperial Knights through him. Okay. Like I, I, I found his YouTube channel, found out that he painted an Imperial Knight he basically covered like he's the one who uh I don't know if you no it's not over here. Basically he uses pledge floor shine to seal his models and like he's got all these like tips and tricks on like how to weather your models and all this jazz. And he's a solid painter, man. And he is solid on weathering, especially the AK interactive side of things. Um like I cannot say enough good things about AK Interactive. See the the AK Interactive, I've got like one little kit from them. Like that's all my local hop. Like because I went to a Hobby Town USA, I mm-hmm. didn't go. Like if we go to like our local game, obviously Games Workshop store only has Games Workshop stuff, right? And we have a couple other like game stores that carry some stuff, but it's not like 
they just have like a couple paint lines. They don't really have any of like the weathering powders or whatever. So I went to, you know, Hobby Town because they like have a full line of military models and trains and things like that. The thing that they had the most of was the Vallejo stuff. So that's what I got the most of. And then I have the Fort, not to take anything from Forge World, like if you like their stuff, buy it. But like the Forge World weathering powder, there's nothing special about it. There's a million companies out there that make the exact same shit. I mean, my guess is that they just buy it from the same, they're just a middleman. They probably buy it from the same manufacturer, just slap their label on it. Yeah, I I tried weathering powder and then I wasn't sure because like basically like you can get weathering powder and then you can get through AK, like AK Interactive has something called uh, a uh, it's called a pigment sealer is what it's, I think is what it's called or setter like pigment setter or something like that and okay. basically it's like you dab it on there and it sets the pigment and I could never get that process down right like if I just put the straight pigment on there. It looked good. I was like, man, this looks great. And then it's like, well, if I don't seal it or don't do anything, it's going to wipe off. And so I talked to uh, David Sampson with the Black Label Painting, and he says what he does is when he puts that on there, he lets it, like, set for a little bit, and then, like, that's basically, like, one of the last steps he does, and then he hits it up with that uh, dull coat. Yeah, and I would think that that would seal it in. So that was how I was going to use them. Yeah, dude, I totally did not. Like, I was going through all these, like, YouTube videos, and, like, they show you, like, put the pigment on, and then put the setter on the pigment setter, and then it's like well, every time I did that, it, like it would water it down, and like all the pigment would fall to the bottom. Like, yeah, I've uh, seen something too where you supposed you put some of that. You can put like a glob of that pigment on there, and then put like alcohol. Yeah, that's pretty much it, what that setter is, or whatever. And it, it'll run and make it look streaky, like grime. But I don't know. I'm interested to try these Vallejo products. I got a whole. I took them to work, or I'd um, show them to you. But I got a a ton of these like engine soot, rain streaks, all that. So they have like Vallejo has their own video of how to use like each of their products. So that's probably where I'll start. Cause that's the thing that I have the most of. Yeah. Um, and I'll, see what I can get out of it. Since I'm mailing you off that package today anyway, man, I'll throw some, uh, AK interactive, uh, rust streaks and oil streaks. Okay. I, uh, I have, are they oil based or are they acrylic? Uh, I don't know. Do you do you just wash it your brush out with water or do you have to have thinner? Thinner. That's oil based. Yeah. It's enamel. It's they work badass though. Okay. And then all you have to do is take some like mineral spirits and like drag it down. It's yeah. it's really cool. It's such a cool effect. The Vallejo ones are supposed to give you the same stuff, but the reason I like them is they're acrylic, it's less shit to deal with. Now you may not be able to get the same. It'll be nice. I'll be able to give you the comparison. Like because my thing is, if the Vallejo and the AK Interactive does the same thing, basically, the Vallejo is acrylic and it's cheaper. So, you know, it's like you would use that. And you know what I mean? So I'll give you a fair because I don't know, you know, this is I'm not I'm starting to do this. Like, I don't have any like previous bias. You know, I don't you know, I don't know. So, you, you know who I bet would have like some really good like insight into this? Uh, it was Michael M- that... MK MKA painting like oh, the guys that were exactly yeah MKA. <laughs> I did get a response back from them, but it's not as cheery or happy as we would like it to be. <laughs> yeah, as we'd like it to be. Basically, they're super busy. Aww. So I was like, yeah, maybe 2018. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Michael with the Eye of Horus, because uh, he painted Tudorberg. Yeah. 
No, he's an excellent painter. Um, I need to talk because I talk to Tim all the time. I never talk. Michael's like the lurker. Like I see him on our little chat all the time. His little icon updating like he's reading stuff, but he never talks. He's like Captain Lurker. He's, a, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, man. He's well, he's he's always he's working like he's busy and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd shoot him a message like it, he's such a solid painter. And all of his stuff looks weathered and legit, like it's really weather. good. He's one of the better. Yeah, I would love to. There's see another that. guy that's uh, one of the Mournville members. I think his name's Kieran Douglas. He paints. He's got these Emperor's Children. I don't know. There's just so many good painters, but I think it's Kieran that he posts this shit, and it's just like mind blowing. Like it's like, damn. I feel like I'm, you know, a chimp with a paintbrush. Like these guys <laughs> are so good, so ridiculous. And then like. To me, to like add new skills or to get good at painting, like I've had like nothing came natural to me. You know what I mean? Like I've been painting forever, and I feel like I'm a pretty good painter, but it's been like blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point. And then like my wife, she's painted like two models, and my shit looks better than hers, but not by a wide margin. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, you started like you painted one model and started like where I had like had to paint like a thousand models to get there. You know, like it it just sucks. Like different people are just born with different gifts. So I love that. I could type in Tudorberg. Like, cause I was like, man, I want to see that night. Now I type in Tudorberg night and it's yeah. like on a, on Google. It's like, yeah. here it is. Here's the fucking night. Like it. Oh, it's so his cool. Imperial fist looks so good too. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a super legit painter. Super legit. Yeah. I've always wanted to hit him up to like see how he painted that red he has on Tudorberg because it is so like everything about it. And for those of you that don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the Eye of Horse podcast. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to us, you're definitely listening to them. But uh, Tim has a knight that's a knight Atropos that is this beautiful red worn knight that his co-host Michael painted, and it's just it's gorgeous. Go go check them out. I, I know if you go to the, the uh, Eye of Horus pod Twitter feed. You can definitely find pictures of, and if you if you email the Eye of Horus, I'm sure Michael, like, I know he's got galleries up of his Imperial Fist. They've probably mentioned it. I've listened to every one of their episodes. I should just know. Um, I I listen every week, but he he's got probably got a gallery of all of his Imperial Fist stuff. Yeah, I'll post it underneath this episode because it's so nice. I'm looking at his Imperial Fist right now. Yeah, holy fuck. Yeah, they looked at these, and that was before he took MKA. He took the MKA painting course, and he says his painting. Um, he says he's like it blew his mind. He said the MKA guys blew his mind. He says his painting is going to be like next level beyond that. The the new stuff that he paints, dude. These look so legit. These look so battle worn because he's got so much like rust pigment on them. Right. See, that's how I want to do. I want to like I want to some of my shit to look like that. Like my if I do a Death Guard army or this Krieg army I'm doing, I want it to look like that. Mm. So, I don't know, man. I may make a trip to go to one of these MKA courses in England. In England, I'll go with you. We can hold hands and fly <laughs> on the plane, film in Louis style on the plane. <laughs> it might be worth it, man. I'm. Uh. What would be worth it is going there and buying over-the-counter forge will not have to pay fucking VAT tax. Bullshit. Go, give me that paperwork, sons of bitches. I'll fill that out. Give me my 22% back. That's so brutal. I don't even want to go into VAT tax right now. No, I know. But it's like, we might just like fly over there, 
and then stay for the week. And then before we come back, like throw away all our clothes and belongings and just fill our suitcase with fucking Forge World that we don't have to pay that on and come back. Seems pretty nice. It's like a 22% discount. Yep. So, yeah. So that's what you've been, man, dude. That's what you've been working on. Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm gushing over Michael's Imperial Fist So right good. Now. So good. And actually, Tim, Tim over there, he's improved his painting a lot, too. Michael showed him how to work his airbrush and stuff. And he, they got that paint mixture they call Future Metal or whatever. Um, Tim's army looks really good. His Mechanicum army. I, I do like his Mechanicum army. I guess he doesn't take close enough pictures to to show off. I, you know, honestly, though, like anybody that's not in America is like propane. And I think we had a discussion on that last week that they like go to airbrush school. Like it's one of yeah, the they classes. call it they call it primary school. Like we just call it like grade school, middle school, high school. They have primary school. I think is what they call it. That's like they must literally. They're either just born out of the womb with like fucking weird knowledge. It's like the Monty Python skit where the ba- like the person in the field is working in the field and they give birth to the baby and they immediately just like stand it up and cut the cord with the shears that they're using in the field and the kid starts immediately like picking turnips with them or whatever. Like that's them with painting or like when they go to primary school, it's like third period is military model weathering. You know, like, I don't know. I don't get it. It's weird. Yeah. We just don't have cool stuff like that. No. Like you said, it's like when I got all these uh, modeling pigments and military magazines and all that stuff, like all of them are like from the UK or from Europe, you know, like, and all those guys, I, I don't know. It's like I said, it's just, it's not, it's not like that here. It's hard to find, like, there's nobody here like an MKA really to teach classes, at least that, not that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. So if you're Def- out there and you yeah. have one golden demons, you can make and, a killing. Yeah. And you want to do a legit painting course, let us know. We'll, we'll definitely try to set something up and come and check it out. You should see the response we got from the us posting up a hey if we were to even consider bringing mka here would you go it's like solid people yes and that's just the texas response that's not even like i got the same thing in indiana like people who are just in my game club that listen to the like i didn't even put anything on facebook i didn't say shit we recorded the episode and you published it the next morning when i woke up i had like five messages on my phone that said hey if you guys do MKA, I want to go. And that was just from people listening to the podcast of us just like broaching the idea, not even like making it near official. So like I said, my idea, the ideal situation, which I don't I don't know. This is just like me talking shit. So who knows? They may think this is dumb, but I would think that MKA could do one here in the Midwest and then do one in Texas all in one trip. Like fly here, do one one weekend, then fly to Texas and do one there. And then you're kind of hitting both sides. It's kind of like a central location on both sides of the U.S. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you could get a lot of people from all over the U.S. and do two, like, giant, like, because they went to, they flew all the way to Australia to do, I think they had 40 people in the class. If you came to the Midwest and did a 40-person class and then went out west to do a 40, you know, that's 80 in one trip instead of just flying to the U.S. to do one class. But, you know, they would it'd basically be like a two-week or a week-and-a-half thing. But yeah. I don't know. I was just throwing that out there. It would be something that 
It just they makes sense. It just makes sense. Yeah. Or if you guys out there listening know of a class in America that we don't know about, please hit us up, man. We'd like to know. We just want to get better at airbrushing and painting. We just want to, like, I don't, I don't want to win a golden demon. Like, I'm not out there to steal your golden demons. I just want to, like, paint decently. You can have it. I'm fine with, like, a bronze demon. <laughs> Ryan wants that, wants that trophy. No, I really don't. I, well, I can't say I don't care because when I go to an event, if I win best painted, like to me, that's for me personally, that's cooler than winning best general or whatever. My favorite award to win in an event is best overall, like where it's like if they do have an award that's like sportsmanship, painting and playing all in one award. That's what I want to win. But close second is best painted uh, best general. I mean, it's not I'm not mad if I win it, but I don't. I definitely it's well well below those other two awards in my mind of what I like to win. I agree. In the same boat. I just want a medal from Adepticon. You That's just want it. one? Just one. That's all I need. Just one? Yeah. You want me to send you one? Oh, you're three. You think you're so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just thought I'd talk a little bit of shit. That's why we were talking about it. <laughs> Get one from Josh. He's got some, too. Yeah, I know. He talks about them all the time. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, that's some... Uh, man, dude, I'm, I'm glad we had that whole conversation about your uh, your weathering woes. And I hope we get, to, we get hit up by some, like, weathering experts. Or Hopefully, Michael hits you up, man. Well, if yeah. you learn how to paint that red, he painted Tudorberg. You just uh, send that information my way. Because <laughs> I still got some Blood Angels drop. Yeah, my there. thing, I guess the one thing I'm pretty good at is line highlighting. A lot of people see my line highlighting, and they're like, the fuck, man? I'm like, I don't, like, it's, you just have to practice at it. Like, I suck at it, too. Mm. I got better. I didn't, I didn't do any line highlighting until I got a hold of your Blood Angels pop it theme. Yeah. And then people love that shit, especially when I post on Instagram. It looks good. It's a totally different style, though. You know what I mean? Like, than the weathering. Like, I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just different. I just want to be able to do it all. I want to learn all those techniques where I can put it all together. Either put it all together or just go, ah, I feel like this army would be cooler in this, you know, this paint style or this aisle. Army would be cooler in this other. But, like, my natural painting style that I've evolved to is, like, how you see my Blood Angels. Or my word bearers. Like, I like bright colors. I like things that really jump off the table. Like, when you walk by and you see that shit out of your peripheral, it, like, draw like it draws your vision. Like, what are these, like, super bright? You know what I mean? Like, you can't ignore that shit. That's what I like about it. That's, dude, that's why, that's why I'm going Blood Angels, bro. Going Blood Angels. And then, once you, once you see the plans for my Adepticon display board, you're going to be so jelly. So Who me? Yeah. Who me? Yeah. I got a pretty slick Blood Angel display board. Just saying. Oh, we'll talk about it offline. I can't. I can't reveal <laughs> what I'm doing just yet. But it involves. You've probably seen pods. mine. You've probably seen mine. I've seen your Blood Angels on a board. I don't. I didn't know if that was a display board, but that was, it's I think like it was a. Like, it's like a big like ruined cathedral thing. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. No, yeah. this is not. That's not. We'll talk about it later. Okay. And then once we get closer to Adepticon, y'all probably hear me talking about working on it. So, but right now I'm working on Stiff Three stuff. So, cool. Anyway, so what was your hobby progress? Uh, well, I have been working on like all this week. 
it's straight up been like stiff three work. Uh, stiff three is six months away, so we've kind of been hitting it hard this week just to make sure that we have everything for you know tables. We have venue set up and all that jazz. Um, so we, we initially we had a venue chosen. And we figured, okay, right at six months, we'll go ahead and call them up. We'll go ahead and get the venue locked down. And then, boom, dude, that venue, they're like, nope, we're holding something that day. And we're like, okay. So we're going to go ahead and like panic for a little bit and try and find a new venue. And so actually last night, I went to the another venue that we we will, are looking into. And it was fucking solid, dude. It was huge, uh, clean. Like it's just there's a Mexican restaurant, Mexican food restaurant next door within walking distance, and they have like a full bar, and so like you can like and the Mexican food restaurant is called Tejanita, and the place that we're gonna possibly hold stiff three is called Tejanita Hall, and so they own both of them, and so they don't care if you walk between the two and just like get smashed next door, and then you know, so you know, good stuff. And they have great margaritas. Anyway, so we're we're looking at this uh, this dance hall. I sent you a video of it. You know, it's super nice, super huge. It's uh they've got like a champagne room in it. It's just a badass place all around. So, uh, but pretty much all week was us finding that venue. We were going through like all these different venues and like finding out that they were too small or whatever. So like we were going places after work and stuff. So, but I think we finally got into a pretty good, pretty good idea of where it's going to be held. Uh, on top of that, we have been, uh, I guess getting all the tables ready. Uh, like we're. Like at Stiff Two, we had pretty pretty massive terrain. Like there's a lot of terrain on each table, and each table is pretty custom for for what we built it up on. So uh, now that we're upping the size to 20 tables, I think Stiff Two was 10 tables. So we're going to 20 tables, so we got to make sure we have all the terrain for 20 tables. And we're we're trying to keep it away from where it's not a, uh, I guess not. I don't know how to put it. Like I've been to like I've been to events before where it's like a tournament based event and like the terrain is so sparse, it's like almost. Well, they usually they do. It's like if you go to like 40k events, for example, like an actual tournament tournament for 40k, it's always one big piece of line of sight blocking in the middle, right? And then they then they give you one ruin for each player's deployment zone, basically. So like one ruin in each corner. And then there's like a hill with trees in the other corner, so that's five pieces. And then there's like three or four pieces of scattered terrain, and that's usually it. Yeah, we're trying to not do that at all. So in the process of not doing that, like basically we have to load up on terrain. We've got to load up on like custom tables and all this jazz. And then because everything that we're doing, every table that we're working on is a a narrative-based table, it's got to make sense. So all of us have tables we're working on and everything like that. So uh, I've been working on my tiles. They're about maybe two-thirds just dry brushed and painted, uh, single color. But there's still, like, a lot of things that I need to do with them. But even on top of that, I cleaned out my garage so that I could lay out my tiles on these two tables that I have in my garage, one's Zach's, one's uh, I have uh, two tables that are mine. And in the process, I was like, well, you know what? If I'm going to be cleaning out my garage just to lay these tiles out, I may as well clean everything out so we can play games in here. So, like, I got an air condition set up in my garage now. I have everything pushed aside in the garage. Everything's cleared out. So, like, now – and I have these, like, two giant lights in there too. So it's 
possibly might be seeing some battle reports coming out of my garage here pretty soon. Cool. So how do you guys do your tabletops? You just go buy a piece of plywood and cut two feet off of it, and there it is, six by four? No, no, no. Uh, well, we have a bunch of different ones, but probably the ones that we most have, and they're they're custom built by this guy in town. Uh, man, what was that guy's name? Anyway, uh, Doug. His name was Doug. He built all these tables for this uh, this local shop that opened probably two years ago. And they're four by, they're four by four tables, and they have like four strong legs that bolt on, and you can unbolt the legs, take them off, and then you just push the tables together, and you have a six by four, and then you have a one foot on each side to like hold things. Well, because I was listening to I have Horus, they were talking about running their event, and they were talking about like Tim was bitching about the hardest thing for him is getting all the tops, tabletops around. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I meant I'm going to send him an email or talk to him, uh, just send him a Facebook message or whatever to see if they just have like, if they're just going and buying like a big sheet of plywood and cutting two feet off and you have that one six by four board. Like it sounds simple, but I, I don't, I've only, I've only ever seen myself as the only one that's done it for as simple as it is. I rip those in two, like take a, a circular saw and rip it where it's two by three, and then just go buy a piano hinge and put a hinge on it. Oh, nice. So you make like fold-out tables. Well, they just fold. So then I just – and then I go buy those white tables from Walmart that are like 30 bucks. Right. That are like – it's like a two by – I think they're like two and a half by six foot, and they're just plastic yeah. with like little metal legs, and they're like 40 bucks. Which every venue and, has those tables that they right, include. Right, right. Yeah. And you, you fold them. At, yeah, every venue usually has those tables that they include in the rental. But even if they don't, if you're just doing one at your house, you can go buy one of those and it folds up and it's two and a half by three foot folded. And they usually have a handle so you can put that in a closet. And then you just go get your piece of plywood, cut two feet off the end so it's six by four, then cut that in the middle and then buy a piano hinge and hinge it. And then that'll fold. And it's only then it's only uh, four by, what is that? It's, well, hang on, math. Oh, it's three because you're cutting it in half. So yeah, it's three three by four. Three by four, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of which dimension are you cutting, which isn't that bad, and then you can stand it up. And it's even if you think if you fold that in two, it's only about this wide because it's three feet. So you're not like having this giant ass board. And then even if you have a smaller car, it'll lay down in the back seat. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. And I, I mean, I can show you pictures, but that's how we do all our tables here. Like all these tables you see, you can see this one behind me. It's just a white table. Yeah. And then, well, this one's, this is the exception. This is the only board that's all one piece. Cause it's all, this isn't modular at all. The swamp board, but all of our other tables, it would just be a board like this cut in two. And then we like lay whatever mats or tiles or whatever we do on top of that. So that's pretty cool. Anyway. Yeah, no, we have a, we have actual tables and then we have a, a few table tops that we work on. But I mean, those seem cheap enough to make. Those seem like quick to make cheap to make. So, and right. That's what I was saying. Like if, if, if you run events or whatever, and like I said, I'm going to send this to Tim. If they have these table tops, if he's not cut those in two and put piano hinges on them, he should do it. It makes them way easier to transport. Cause then you can put them in a car, like a, a normal car that has a back seat, like a four door car. Hmm. Some pro tips for you guys. Some pro tips for you if you're trying to 
get some get some events going on in your area or even just build like if you just don't have a lot of room in your house and you just want one table just for you and your buddies to play on go buy one of those white plastic folding tables uh take go get a sheet of plywood cut it in half or cut the two feet off the end cut it in half put the hinge in it and then get like a, a mat like a fat mat or the the what's the other one there's a ton of those mat companies there's so many out there now whatever um get any of those or get a, a GW realm of battle or one of the GW grass mats, whatever, um, roll it out and then just get, have like a box, like one of those Tupperware boxes, like people put Christmas ornaments or whatever in to put your train in, you know, and you could keep all that in a closet, like no problem. And then just get it out. Secret Warhammer closet. They open up and bust out a full, full fledged 30 K table. Yeah. So anyway, that's smart, dude. We might have to, and those seem cheap enough. Where do you get the piano hinge? Just Lowe's or for, for the listeners, <laughs> uh, lo, like Lowe's or Menards have them. You can either get just like hit like barn door hinges that are just like bigger hinges and get three of them and do one in the middle and one in each end. Or you can get what's called a piano hinge. You can get like a 48 inch or 36 inch piano hinge. And you can, most people don't realize that like a piano hinge, you can, you can cut them like they, it gives instructions. Like you just get a hacksaw and cut it in half and it'll still stay together the way it's designed. Yeah. So you can, you can cut it to length. So what I do, they're kind some of them can be expensive. So you just have to look like the reason I like piano hinge is it's so thin. Cause what you want to do when you set the board down on your plastic table, you put the hinge down. Right. Yeah. That's so what that, I was wondering if it would scratch the table or anything like that. Yeah. It, it typically will. But if you're just buying these cheap plastic, tables it's not it doesn't like tear the shit out of it you know what i mean like it's it but you don't want to do it like on your nice dining room table i mean i don't know why but but you wouldn't lay a sheet of plywood on that either like without a hinge on it so i'm just so anyway you you put it put it down hinge down but the hinge is only like an eighth of an inch thick if you look at it from the side so it just you're not even going to notice that once you put a mat down because it doesn't it's not like an actual bump because it's on the bottom it just means the table over the course of the entire table comes to a, a point that's an eighth inch taller, you know, than the ends. You're not ever going to notice unless you got like a level out. Oh, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, play on any table. It's not level. So anyway, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take some pictures after we get done recording and you can post them up of just like, here's my table top, you know, here's a tabletop, whatever. And then the other thing, which some people like, because it's just a tabletop and you, uh, you're going to cover it with whatever anyway. I use mine for hobbying too because you can get glue on it. You can get paint on it, whatever. Who gives a shit? It's just a piece of plywood with a hinge on it. So like if I have a bunch of friends come over, we have like a hobby day. I'll just, instead of like getting a bunch of bullshit on these plastic tables, I'll lay that top down and we'll just paint right on top of it. And I even take them outside and spray paint on them and everything else. So you know what I mean? It's just, they're all purpose. Then you just get your fat mat. None's a wiser. Yep. Totally covered up, no big deal. So, That's but I'll I'll, I'll send you some pictures of like the hinges and stuff I've used and whatever. It's easy to do. Like you don't have to be a a carpenter. Like the piano hinges, you literally just lay it out over the gap and run some screws in it. So, hmm. I got to go to Lowe's today anyway. So, I'll probably just price that all out too. Yep. Take a picture of my receipt. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much what we've been working on, man. Nothing crazy. It's been a slower week just because we're doing some stiff three 
spe- speaking of stiff three, uh, we, we did post, I did post something on Reddit, uh, what people would like to see in their swag bags. I saw it. And, uh, like there was some, uh, pretty good suggestions. Like people wanted decals, like vinyl decals to put on the back of their cars and stuff with campaign badges. Uh, one of the most interesting ones I saw was, uh, people wanted, and it was actually Matt Edlin that, that recommended it. He was talking about a, like an actual vinyl or I'm sorry, decal transfer that would go, that had special custom made, um, I guess you put it on, put it on your vehicles, like a campaign badge, campaign badges. Yeah. Yeah. It's like basically campaign badge for stiff three. And then you could like do a slide transfer on your models, like with a little campaign badge that showed like you were at stiff three and all that stuff. I thought that was really fun. Cool. Yeah. uh, He actually, you could uh, do that. You could maybe even just do like, if you had a big like sheet of it printed up, say it was this size. Yeah. And it just had rows of it. You could just cut it so that you give people a row. And then if they wanted extra, sell like actually have the sheets for sale at the event where you could just buy a whole sheet if you wanted a bunch of them that might be cool I just um boy i know i would <laughs> the like, uh yes, put these all over your models <laughs> what is, so what are you gonna do with the bumper stickers are you just gonna say like make them clever like texas made me stiff or 30k makes me stiff oh i love or, all of those <laughs> all good. or um or are you just like you know, I went to, you know, whatever. No, I, like, I, you, I don't, I don't you think it would do... actually be bumper stickers. Like, I think it would actually just be like a vinyl of like the campaign badge or like maybe the the Texas logo with the Eye of Horse in the middle, like our flag is and all that jazz. You could have like the Eye of Horse flag and just say Texas makes me stiff or Texas makes me stiff for 30K or 30K makes me stiff <laughs> or any of that. You and your novelty bumper stickers. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah man, like I said, I sent you a text message. That had both of us laughing, but I was like, I can't believe I'm the only person that's not thought of this. I can't be the only guy that's 34 going on eight because that's what I, how I feel. I laugh at fart jokes and dick jokes and stupid immature shit all the time. And my wife, still to this day, we've been together like a, uh, this is terrible. I'm just going to say around around 13 years. I don't even know. Okay, nice. <laughs> she's like, she's always and like, <laughs> yeah and it's gone um so anyway but she's like i'll say some stupid shit like i always do because i can't keep my mouth shut because my brain works faster or my mouth works way faster than my brain so i'll say some crazy shit and she'll just look at me like really are you like seven i'm like yeah i am you know this like you married me like it's not like this is a secret i act like a retard everywhere i go so <laughs> So pretty much the like the what we got told we got we got told the decals the vinyl uh, heresy themed templates um, pint glasses and swatches showing a conversion chart between paint brands interesting one that's a very interesting uh, maybe put together base marines for each legion and put one randomly in the bags that'd be cool that'd be interesting like that <laughs> I gotta I gotta raven guard. Well, then they have to. Then they would trade, I guess. You just swap with someone. I don't know. Or, or, or you go. Well, now I have to start a whole Raven Guard army because I have this one model. Gotcha. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, honey. <laughs> and then custom dice. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot of cool like suggestions we got. Like we really want to make Man, this di- thing. Dice are kind of expensive for dice. They're like, I think they're like 
what, 75 cents a piece, and then if you go over a certain amount, they get cheaper or something? Oh, dude, we got a laser cutter, bro. Oh, yeah, you can do them. I'm talking, like, I guess, yeah. I'm not special like you guys with, like, Harley shops and powder coaters and laser cutters and all that shit. Yeah, Josh is clutch. Let's go and shout out to Josh's Grim Brothers powder coating for all your powder coating needs and laser cutting needs. That's one of our club members. Yeah. <laughs> He's it's pretty sweet. So we can, like, basically make, like, a lot of custom stuff if we need to. Yeah, Josh is fucking awesome. But uh, if you guys could think of anything that you'd like to see in a swag bag, or if you're coming to Stiff 3 and you're like, dude, I have to have this in my swag bag, send us a message. Let us know because we're kind of – we have a pretty good idea, and, like, we're, like – we budgeted in a lot of things. But there's, like – I feel like a lot – like, some of this stuff that the people brought up, we didn't even think about. So I feel like there's more ideas out there that we haven't thought of that – My to, buddy Kurt needs to make you guys posters. Please, he dude, makes the please. Most legit posters. If you can make a shirt, man, like if you can make us like an image that we can put on a shirt. Oh yeah, he'll he'll make you an image. He's gonna be here tonight for game. Uh, he's here every game club. You've seen his posters. I think I've sent some. To I you. love his posters, man. Did you guys get those Night Lords and ones I sent? Did I send some of those? I think I don't think I don't know if you sent any. Oh well, shit. Uh, remind me, and I'll because I, I got a whole bunch of extra ones. I'll send. I would love to to FaceTime with your buddy tonight. And, like, we could talk about some things. We can do that. I'll hook that up. Oh, that's so sweet. Here, talk, talk for, stop this talk podcast for 20, right now. And... Talk for 20 seconds without me. So come up with some shit for 20 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. So, honestly, if, if you have any ideas out there, I mean, we've talked about a bunch of different things. We've talked about, like, measuring tools. Uh, we've talked about actual templates. Like, we, if, like we, we've made three-color three acrylic templates. They're like flame templates and everything like that. Uh, and so I think we're going to be putting that in some of the bags. Uh, we've been, you know, we actually looked into pint glasses, all that jazz. So th- there's a lot of things that we could stick into the bag. We just need to, we just need more ideas. And if y'all have some more ideas of what you absolutely want to see, then, then that's something we need to take care of. Dude, that needs to be on a shirt, man. What is going on? He's got that one. These are, I, I, cause I saved ones from, all of our events. Dude, your friend is so cool. Is he commission? Is he a commission artist? Can we plug him? Um, I don't know. We'll talk to him about it if we can. His name's Kurt. He comes and plays here. Um, he did, uh, I want all of those. I don't know. On this wall. Right I don't now. know if they used it. Um, but so here he did a Primark series. This is the Sanguinius that he came up with. I don't know if you can see that or not. Holy fudge. And then if you look at these, here's his, like, he showed, that's the whole Primark series. He's got one for all the Primarks that he did. I don't know if you can see those or not. And who did he do this for? Just did it. He just designed them, and then, um. I've seen that Alfarious one. Like, I see that all the time. Every time I type yeah. in Alpha. So he, he, you, he just goes through a normal printer. Like, he does all the art, and then he just goes through a normal printer, so he'll get it on posters for you, or coffee mugs, or mouse pads, or whatever. But if you... Like, what he does for me is, like, when we have an event, he'll do these custom posters for us. And then I just, um, because he's part of the club or whatever, he'll come up with an image and then he just lets, you know, he basically just gives us the image and then we can do whatever we want with it. But we Jesus. usually just have posters. We can have these a picture custom- of that with your phone whenever you get a chance and send it to me because I know a guy that would give a nut for that. Well, here's the thing. That's what I was showing you. Hang on a second. 
guys, I wish y'all could see what we're looking at right now. Well, you can post. You can post a picture. See, look, these are all the same one. I keep extras. So mm. I was going to send you some of these, like, because I know Jay plays Night Lords, right? Yeah, but 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 Ryan Ryan would love one of those. Like, if you send me a picture of that, and I can send it to Ryan. Well, I'll send you some of these when I send this uh, rule book and these missiles for Josh. I'll send you some. I'll roll these up and put them in a poster tube for you and send them. It's like Christmas. It's like Christmas right now. So, anyway. But, but yeah. yes, you need to get Kurt to do you guys some posters or whatever, or just give you some images and let you put it on there. I will. But he did, um, for the Eye of Horus event, he did uh, their little logo of, there's like a Titan that says like Siege of Geigenhive, like with the Titan. I don't know if they used it for anything, but he did create them an image. I have seen it. I don't know if they ended up using it or what. Jesus. Pretty cool. Well, we're definitely going to have to use him as a commission. Yep. Oh, man, that's exciting. Man, I can't wait for y'all. Honestly, for y'all that are like listening right now, y'all probably already saw the images because they're going to go straight up on the picture dump on the Facebook. But if you haven't seen the, the pictures and you didn't know that we do photo dumps every now and again, go to the Facebook page. Uh, the Forgotten Legion Facebook page, and you can see all these pictures that we're looking at, these sweet, sweet pictures. But anyway, we got lists we got to review, man. We got to we gotta get moving here. Yeah, I got my game club's going to be here. They're going to be beating down the door wanting to play 30K. That's right. So I guess let's uh, let's start with Joseph's list, uh, the Solar Ox list. How about that? Well, here's the thing. So explain what happened with that. Oh, so for starters, Joseph. I don't know how, and I don't know when, like, I, I honestly, I don't know if it went to my clutter folder, went to my junk mail. We, we, I did not get your list in my normal email, or maybe I opened it up at, like, 3 a.m. and closed it out or something like that, but I totally skipped over this list, and I, I feel real shitty about missing it. But for some, for some reason, last week, I was looking for a list inside my email and i want to say it was from another guy named joseph or something like that yeah and yours popped up and i said what is this and so joseph i'm so sorry for missing your list i feel like a total dick so you know if there's some way i could you know forget like if if there's any way that you could totally forgive me for skipping over your list i, I would appreciate it yeah but we're, we're gonna so do this, it now yeah this was sent in on august 4th so we try to get to um, pretty much every list you guys send in, we've we've really tried to review or look over, or at least contact you back. So um, this one, like Michael said, got kind of you know lost for whatever reason, but we did find it, and so we're going to go over it now. And if for some reason out there we also missed your list, guys, and for some reason you haven't heard it on here, uh, send us another email. Dude, don't be shy. Like, just let us know. Like, hey, why the fuck haven't y'all read my list or anything like that? <laughs> and we'll, we'll 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 get on it. We're pretty easily scared. So. Also, we want feedback. I've not gotten any feed. Well, I've, I've gotten a little bit of feedback, but like not like, hey, I tried this out. This worked great. This list is this fucking sucked. trash. Like, I want to yeah. know. Like, I want I want somebody yeah. to come back and be like, oh yeah, I tried out your fucking list. I got my ass handed to me. Yeah. yeah. So. Then I'll piss on a photograph of myself. <laughs> 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 so. So on to Joseph's list, man. So Joseph sent us in a solar ox list. So he comes in. He says, what's up, guys? My name is Joe. I'm from North Carolina. I have a solar list I'm working on, and I was wondering if you guys would take a look and give your advice. The backstory of my army is they are led by Marshal Dalen Corbeck, who comes from a long line of Agathon royalty. 
but has decided to forgo his titles and use his wealth and power to find his to fund his own solar ox cohort like you do like you do when you got a whole bunch of money you just go buy an army uh, the 81st Agathon cohort rolling death known for ha- known for the having all their troops noting for having all their troops mounted in a Dracosan armor transport and supported by the best tanks the Imperium has to offer I'm going to flesh this story out more as I go here's my 3000 point list I have pretty much all these models and a ton of other solar stuff so I'm open to suggestions so for one that's a cool ass backstory I mean just starting out like this rich dude is like I can only imagine he's like playing playing some rich man 40k or 30k like game or something like that he's like this is boring this is not this does not do it for me like it used to and then he buys an army and then like funds the best things that they have and like they're rolling around with like pristine tanks and all that shit but i guess i guess let me get to the let me get to the list here so for starters he's got auxiliary tank commander with uh Actually, That's just all the generic rules because you just yeah. buy the guy and you stick him in a tank. Yeah, so he's running in his HQ. He's running two auxiliary tank commanders and he's got a legate commander. And the legate commander has the artificer armor, cyber familiar, digital lasers, iron halo. He's Lord Marshall, and he's got a master crafted weapon. He's got melta bombs, needle pistol, and a paragon blade. So I guess what what is what is he master crafting? I'm guessing paragon blade. The paragon blade doesn't come master crafted. Um, I don't think so. It might. Yeah, I thought they were already mastercrafted. I don't think it is. Fair enough. Anyway, so yeah, he's got a beat-faced legate commander. Yep. Uh, don't ever get that into combat because I don't think he'll do very good. But you know, he's all right. Um, they're all they're better than you'd think because they got a a three-up invulnerable save. I mean, it's not gonna. You know what I mean? Like it, it'll be okay unless you try to fight like a praetor or something like that with it. No, I gotcha. You know, I'm actually looking through this list. Next thing he has on the list is a Auxilla Infantry Tertio. Tertio? Yep. With Jercosin Armored Transport. He's got Armored Ceramide on that bad boy, a Demolisher Cannon, and a Flare Shield. And then he's got a Volataris Storm Section. That goes in it. Just yep. standard. Yep, so 10 dudes with uh, Volkite Chargers. Yep. He's got He's got that times two. Uh, both he's got two Dracosins with armored ceramite, demolisher cannon, flare shield. Yep. Uh, on the elite side of things, he's got an auxilla, auxilla ogren charonite squad. Uh, he's got six of them bad boys. Yep. He's got an injaseer auxilla with uh, augury scanner, and he's got six grenade launchers. Love it. So and then those... two servo arms, and then he's got two adepts in there. So it's two adepts, eight servo guys, and then the six grenade launchers and two arms. Go ahead. Yeah, so I can already tell what he's going to be trying to do here. Uh, then he's got a Auxilla Prime Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter with the Battle Servitor Control to give it Tank Hunters, Ground Tracking Ari to give it the Strafing Run, and then three sets of Kraken Penetrator Heavy Missiles, so that's a tank killer right there. Uh, he's got an Auxilla Malkador in Furnace with Armored Ceramite, Chemical Munitions, Pendle Mounted, Multilaser, or Heavy Flamer. I'm guessing he's going to go with Multilaser. And the an auxilla Valdor tank hunter with armored ceramite last cannons, and then uh, he's got a Lord of War choice, which is going to be an auxilla Storm Lord that has armored ceramite, multi melta, and two side sponsons with last cannons and one twinling heavy bolter. Uh, so basically, one tank commander goes in the Storm Lord, giving better ballistic skill and whatever special rules suit to the game. 
The Ogrens, Lord Marshal and Ingesir and his servitors go in the Stormlord. The servitors fire their haywire grenades out of anyone who gets close enough, and Ingesir has an augury scanner, so it'll be harder to infiltrate the storm around the Stormlord. The Ogrens will jump out with their Lord Marshal and assault the best targets. The other tank commander goes in the Valdor, giving better bliss skill and will not die. Then everything else has its role on has its role. So again, let me know what you guys think. So what's funny enough is I actually played this exact list against this exact list uh, at Adepticon uh, with uh, with Evans with uh, Eric. Eric Evans. Yeah, this is pretty much the same list that Eric Evans ran at Adepticon. It was a two thousand point version of it, so it didn't have the, the uh, Stormlord, Stormlord or the plane. Uh, no Stormlord, and he actually took uh, a another Valdor. But other than that, this I played this pretty much against this exact list. He had he had three he had three Dracozins, mm-hmm. two Valdors, and an Infernus, and the Dracozins all just had Laz rifle squads in them, so they were all bigger squads. Right, and then he had a single tank commander instead of two. Yep. So that's pretty much exactly. I, I play this list. It's a very beat face list. It's very hard to get around. Uh, that armored ceramite and flare shield on the Dracosans themselves, just because they're so solid. And this is this is actually the list I learned how shitty super heavies are to like trying to like demolish in one turn. So even, yeah, it's pretty hard to do. Even coming in with my like basically, and and if you want to take this information, because I can see that you're taking a lightning as well, Joseph. Uh, that lightning strike fighter, don't send that against a super heavy unless you're guaranteed you can take that bitch out because that's what i tried to do against his uh malgador infernus and i even unloading all my payload of missiles into his infernus i couldn't kill it i just couldn't get the roll because it didn't matter i couldn't get that blow up roll like d3 additional d3 yeah so but uh yeah man i mean and i see what he's doing with the storm lord he's gonna be fixing it every turn as well as yep shooting his grenade launchers which all have haywire so i mean man i like i can already tell like there's from what i'm looking at from the list that you submitted like back to him there's just basically just trim fat yeah now here's the thing i didn't fix the list in this because i didn't want to change because he's definitely going with what he's going with. Like, I didn't want to go in and totally alter the list and make it really different. My only problem with this list is it's 3000 points and has two troops, in it, two scoring units. It's got, so, cause the, the transports they're in don't score. So you got a two, a 3000 point army with 20 tough three, four plus armor, save guys to score. So you pretty much always have to play where you're just killing all their scoring units and then whether yours die or not, you just, you know, you kill all their scoring units and then try to use all your other shit to deny where they're not getting any points. And then you just win on secondaries like Slay the Warlord or Attrition or whatever. Right. Or or you're just trying to table them. Which, Which I think this tables, I think this list is actually really good at tabling people, if anything. Depends on skill level and what they're running, but yes. I mean, if you run into somebody that's a pretty decent player that, you know, has certain builds or whatever, um you may get the better of them, like as far as just like kill points or whatever, but they could easily beat you on missions. Yeah. So um, I don't consider personally, I don't, I don't, I, this style of list is fine, like especially for pickup games, or whatever to play. If you're going to an event that's like an all comers event, 
um, that's competitive. Like, obviously, narrative event, like, what do you, once again, you're going to a narrative event. If this is what you want to run, run it. Like, you could go 0-3. It doesn't matter as long as you have fun and right. your opponents have fun. But if you're actually trying to be, you know, competitive with it, you say you went to Adepticon like we did last year and playing a competitive style event, but it's 3,000 points. And in all-comers format, typically lists like this don't do super well just because you're going to be playing guys that will know to stick to the mission and just edge you on mission points regardless of whether, you know, you get the better of them as far as kill points or not. So that's my only issue with the list. So, but to respond to him, I didn't want, like I said, I want to change a bunch of stuff. By the way, Joseph, this list is fine. Like, you don't even have to change it. I just felt obligated because you sent it to me to just, you know, not just give you the thumbs up and say, hey, just Take stick it. with what you're doing. But, I mean, you could. Like, there's really, there's nothing, like, glaring that I'm like, oh, for 100% this needs to come out. So I just, like, wrote something, like, slightly different just to give you a different look and maybe um, think about it more to my taste and what I, I like. So, um so anyway, I basically so you have his list is supposed is a, a three thousand point army, but he had ten free points in it. So he's already got he already starts with ten points in the bank. So basically, I just took the mastercrafted off the uh, legate commander. I just once again, like Michael said, he's an okay close combat character. He's not mega whatever. Like I don't he doesn't really need mastercrafted. The the he just you know what I mean. Like it's a shooting army. It's designed to kill you. Whatever you got one okay assault unit in it but it's not the focus of the list so if you trim a little assault it's not gonna you know kill the army so i got rid of that i got rid of the melta bombs he's got one guy with a melta bomb in the whole army i mean what's really the difference between having one guy with a melta bomb and having zero guys with a melta bomb so got rid of that um got rid of the needle pistol i don't ever think he'll be shooting that thing and even if he did i don't see the difference that it'll make in a three thousand point game to have one guy with a needle pistol and who's going to be sitting inside the Stormlord the entire time. Yeah, which he can shoot out of it because it is open top, but I was like, eh, let's get rid of this. Um, so we got rid of the Needle Pistol, the Melted Bombs, the Mastercrafted off that guy. Um, the Ogren Squad, I just simply cut from uh, six. I just cut it down to five, just dropped an Ogren just to get some points. Once again, it's Assault. It's not really the focus of the list, but I do get what he's doing. Like, it is a good bodyguard unit. If something gets close, you can jump those guys out. I don't feel like losing one Ogren is going to be a huge difference. Um, I took one Adept out of the Engine Seer squad. So it didn't change the firepower at all. You'll get one less repair roll, but because you still have the two guys with servo arms, the, the single repair roll you have has more of a chance of succeeding. So I feel like it's kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul while saving points. I don't really think it's that big of a deal it's not going to alter anything greatly it saves you 20 points and then i dropped the lightning fighter entirely just got rid of it um so that saves you big points and then i got rid of the pinnel weapon on the malkador i mean it already has the giant flame cannon i don't really think you just need to throw a random multi-laser on it it's not so i got rid of that and then i on the Stormlord. I dropped the uh, multi-melta off the top of it. It's the same kind of thing. Like, all the guns on that thing shoot really far, and just to throw one random multi-melta on it. Um, and plus, I'm going to add firepower back in with all these points, so just stick with me here. And then his Stormlord has two sets of Sponsons. So here's my thing on that. So this is a fundamental rules question that I don't really know the answer to, so maybe somebody out there does. Like, I've seen it argued both ways. 
it's one of those gray areas that you can't really prove one way or the other. So I always personally err on the side of caution. So what that is, is imagine in your head, if you go look at a picture of a super heavy, if you put four sets of sponsons, four sponsons on it, the back ones are blocked like seven, like 50% of their line of sights blocked by the sponsons in front of it. Cause they can't shoot straight forward. Cause you're literally in a direct line with the sponsons in front of it. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, so I in the, in the vehicle rules, it states if you have a model with like gun arcs and whatever, you just follow the arc on the tank. So obviously a vindicator, the fucking gun on the front is facing forward, right? It's not on right. a turret or like a Malkador has a turret, but it only swivels so far. So that's its firing arc. So if you put another turret in front of another turret, does it block? But on another section of the book, it says a model can't block line of sight from itself from itself. So you just pretend like you just shoot through your own tank. Yep. But if that's, if that's the case, is it like, so can I draw a 45 degree arc with my, cause it says like you draw a 45 degree arc from all these guns so what if I had like a uh, even just a Lehman Russ with heavy bolter sponsons? If you put that on the side and draw a forty-five degree arc, some of that arc goes through the hull of the tank. So can I shoot my heavy bolter on my Lehman Russ through its own hull? That's something that it can't even see. Yes, you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, I get it. I that's get like it. a really so I don't know. So anyway, I got rid of those back sponsons because, like I said, I personally err on the side of caution that it doesn't draw line of sight because you. Like it's doesn't really make any sense. Like even f like whether the rules say you can do it or not, like I can't get over the fact that like I'm not going to shoot my sponson through the tank that it's on. Like it just seems weird. No, like, I get it. So anyway, I got rid of that one set of sponsons. So all that said, that frees up exactly 420 points. So you drop a set of sponsons, drop the multi melta drop the multi-laser off the thing, drop the lightning, get rid of the adept, get rid of one ogre in, and get rid of some more gear. With that 420 points, you replace it with two Thunderbolt planes that all have, that both have four kinetic piercer missiles. Uh, they both have two twin-linked autocannons. They both have twin-linked last cannons. And then you buy the ground tracking augury upgrade for them. So instead of one lightning you're getting two Thunderbolts. Solid. And I like the Thunderbolts better because they, for one, once you fire your missile payload, they have more, they still pack more of a punch where, you know, they can fly around and still have more of an effect on the game and they're more durable. They're three whole point planes instead of two. And I feel like if you just run one plane, if you come in and they shoot, if they have even just one AA thing, like a, contemptor mortis or even like a single knight with an autocannon or a couple knights with autocannons and they shoot at you if you don't jink they might kill you if you jink you'll probably live but then you're going to be snap firing so if you have two planes you know and they shoot at one you can just jink with that plane then shoot them with the other plane and then the next turn when your jinking wears off just shoot that one because you know what i mean it just all day it's better, it's better. two planes um, are better than one always Plus, I like the fact that the Thunderbolts have that uh, rule where if they have a plane on the board and you fail your reserve roll, you can re-roll it, the combat interdiction. I actually think that's solid. Solid. Um, and if you look at it, like as far as the firepower I cut from this list, 
I got rid of one needle pistol. The Ogren has no shooting. The Engine Seer Adept I don't think has any shooting. Or if he does, it's like a LAS pistol. Um, and then I got rid of a single multi-laser, a multi-melta, and then two twin-linked heavy bolters and two LAS cannons to put in, two twin-linked LAS cannons, four twin-linked auto cannons, and the six missiles all on plane platforms. It's a solid, solid choice, man. So I, I'm not saying swap out. Yeah, I'm not saying it's better. Like he may like the other better. I'm just saying it's different. Like this is I prefer this personally to the single light. Basically, if, you've taken his list, which was already pretty beat face on the ground and very much rolling thunder, and just added two planes to it on top of the one plane. You know, all you did was trim fat and turn that fat into a steak. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I I, I like it better, but. Like I said, I'm not really saying it's better one way or the other, I guess. It's just kind of different. I just felt like I his list was so good already. Like, it was a pretty good list. There really wasn't a lot I could do to it. So I was just like, eh, I'll just do this. Throw it out there. Maybe he likes it, maybe he doesn't. But at least I put – he shows that I read it, look at it, understood it, and gave him at least, you know, maybe try this out type thing. How do you feel about the Velitaris? Do you really feel like the Velitaris are going to make a big difference over, like, Alaska? Velitaris. Yeah, he's taking the uh, Velitaris for his uh, Velitaris storm section inside of his troops. Oh, oh, instead of the Laz rifle guys? That's a personal thing. Like, he would probably be better off at the Laz rifles because, like I said, the the uh, troops, he only has two troops. Right. Now, that's only going to save him 30 points. So right. putting 30 points back in the list, it's you're not going to get anything out of that. You could put the multi-melta and the... Uh, multi-laser back on the two back on the uh storm lord and the malkador and furnace i guess or put some of the war gear back on the commander have you ever played against uh auxilla ogren the charonite org ogrens um no you've never played against them you play them right i well i play the militia ones i think the militia ones are better okay i prefer militia because like me personally like i said i i don't I look at like you got solar ox and you got the militia. I like the militia list better. So when I like feel the need to write a list or tr- if I'm going to start an army that's like humans that isn't like Marines or Mechanicum, it'll almost always end up being a cult militia list. I just like the list better. It's kind of the same thing, just a different flavor of it. I almost feel like, yeah. but I just like militia better. Ten four. I'm just kind of wondering if maybe dropping that. Auxilla Ogren squad, it'll completely buy you another Dracozin with a Velatara Storm section inside of it. Or you could even go a Last Rifle section. And it'll have yeah. three scoring units in the army and still three Demolisher Cannons. Basically, you replace an Ogren squad, which is good at killing a squad, with a tank that's good at taking chunks out of squads. But I get why he put it in there, though, because it's like if something gets in his back lines... Like, say somebody just comes in even with a unit of five cataphracty Terminators or something and gets close where he's like, well, I don't have enough shooting. Like, I have to shoot at other threats this round, and there's going to be one thing to slip the net. You can always get those Ogrens out and screen with them or assault. Like, and it's it's really good against, like, silly units that are good at killing tanks but nothing else. Like, so I love veterans, like Space Marine, like, tactical veterans or mighty they're probably now with the changes to them are probably my favorite generic unit in the marine army list 
and they are good in close combat, you know, four attacks, base, whatever, but they're good at, like, killing other units like themselves. Like, th- this Ogren unit would, like, shred those guys. That being said, if those tactical marines assaulted this Stormlord and they have ten melt bombs, it's dead. So it, it gives him a, a little defensive net against things like that. So I see the purpose of them, but I'm with you. Like his Stormlord is going to be fucking moving. Like it's it's well maybe is... maybe because if you move it, it only shoots one time. Where a lot of people that take the Stormlord, it wants to sit and shoot twice because of the spe- the all power to guns rule. Hmm. See, that's my thing with the Stormlord. I'm not saying I don't like them; they're definitely good. It's always better to have options. I'll put it that way. I, I think, the, I think Storm, the, Storm the Stormlord. Lord, it's a little bit of a paradox because it's like it holds 40 guys and it's open top, so you want to put assault shit in it and drive it at someone and get out and rape face. But if you do that, then you've paid points for this big gun that normally can shoot twice if you stay stationary, but you're only shooting it once. Well, I see what he's trying to do with the Stormlord here. Like for one, it's got the Wolverine heel factor on it. So right. like, it's just like rebuilding itself. But on top of that, he has the grenade launchers inside of it. So basically he's just shitting out haywire out of right. his, out of the open top. And so he's going to want to move that storm Lord up, get it in an area that's pretty much in the middle of the field. It's like, yeah, bring tanks next to me. Fuckers. Maybe, but I mean, he's got so much other anti-tank. I mean, especially like say he put the, whether he puts the lightning in or the two planes, but let's say he has the two planes in there. I mean, having, that's the other thing is like that lightning with the six Krakens, it can come in and only fire four at full ballistic skill and then it has to snap fire the last cannon. And then it, you know, the other missiles you're going to, you don't want to snap fire those because they're fire and forget. Right. Or if you split it over the two Thunderbolts, they can come in and dump eight missiles on the turn they come in. So you're getting eight kinetic piercers all in one round as opposed to four Krakens. I don't see any tanks making it through this list like that don't get wrung out right so i mean even like i get the haywire thing but i mean to me the haywire thing is more for like if somebody drops in a dreadnought in a dreadnought drop pod that's what you shoot the haywire at especially with the augury scanner because it's like oh intercept unload so i don't know i just i didn't change a whole lot i mean we kind of talked about his list different ways he can use it i just 3,000 points to only have 20 scoring you know, units. Scoring no, models. Scoring mo- Yeah, two units of 10 tough three guys with the four-up save. It's kind of... Yeah, just watch out for people uh, realizing that and unloading on your Jacosin's first turn. Yeah, because once they get rid of those, I mean, if you think about it, you get rid of that and you get rid of the Infernus, which can like really pick up units. You could almost... Just circus the field. Just, yeah, go walk around, just kind of spread your guys out and just keep going to ground every turn on objectives. Like, who really cares at that point? Like, if somebody's just trying to win. I mean, that's kind of a bullshit move to do to your buddy if you're just playing a pickup <laughs> game. If, um, you know what I mean? If you're just playing to the mission, you just want to win the mission, it's just like a stall tactic. You spread your guys out where you can only shoot at so many things a turn. You put, always keep them in cover. You keep going to ground and just make it where there's no way when I'm getting four-up cover saves against you or three up cover saves if you're going to ground in terrain with your demolisher cannons like oh cool you put your pie plate down you get three models and i get three up saves so i lose a guy who cares you know what i mean like you could really drag the game out just by killing the 20 guys and the infernus yeah exactly god that infernus scares the shit out of me every time i play one yeah it's pretty horrifying 
Yep. So yeah, man, that's your list, Joseph. Uh, take what you want from that. Uh, hopefully we helped you out. Definitely send us a rebuttal on anything that you, you're looking at. You think, man, I really want to keep this. Or this is why I'm taking that. If you're still listening, if you didn't send your list in in August and you're like, well, fuck these guys. They didn't <laughs> read my list out. I'm not listening to them anymore. I'm sorry, Joseph. So if you're friends with Joseph and he's pissed at us and he's no longer a listener, please tell him we apologize and get him listening again. If he made a special shirt with our names crossed out through it, yeah. we're sorry. It, it, if he's p- pissing on pictures of us, you we know. We get it. We understand. We understand. We're not mad. Just love us again. So anyway, next list. Two of two of four. This is actually sent in. We actually talked to him or, or shouted kind of out to him last episode. It was my buddy Aaron trying to get him into playing some Alpha Legion. And so finally, you know, he listened to this episode. He came on and boom, he sent a list in. It was actually a, a pretty a pretty decent list. It just needed some some tweaks here and there. So decent, other than it was illegal. It was illegal. So let me go ahead and open this bad boy up. He didn't he didn't send any content, so I don't have to read anything off. It's just straight list. Well, the content like all I the only information I got was in your original thoughts was he's wanting to do coils of the Hydra hundred percent. Yep. He wants to take Tyrant Siege Terminators as his coils unit, yep. and he wants to have Phosphex in the army. Yep. That so that's the that's what he said. Those were his rules. That's the only rules that I knew of when I seen this list and then wrote the rebuttal list. And then we actually talked about it, like what he should do, and like what he could do to be a total dick. And then he wrote up a list and sent that list in. Yeah. And so then we took that list and Ryan wrote a rebuttal list and that's where we're at right now. So the list he sent in was a 2,500 point, uh, alpha Legion list. Uh, first off he has a Armillus Dynat. Uh, and then that's going to be for his HQ. He took a Legion Centurion in cataphracta Terminator armor with a uh, commie bolter power weapon. And he put Bane strike rounds and he put phosphate bombs, power dagger on that, uh, on that Centurion, and that Centurion is a Siege Breaker. So, then, in his, uh, uh, I'm sorry, and also, Dynat is doing Master of Legion, Coils of the Hydra. I know we had already kind of put that out there, but yeah, you know, had, to, had to let y'all know. So anyway, he's taking a Legion Tactical Squad. Uh, well, he's taking two Legion Tactical Squads, just as like his base, Tax, and uh, he didn't have any upgrades on those. Nope. Then he took a Legion Tactical Support Squad, four guys or five guys. I uh, didn't take any upgrades on those, so, so it'll just be five guys with flamers. Five dudes with flamers, just like basically this is uh, twenty-five dudes just running around in the field, but as naked. Yep. Uh, then he took a Legion. Qua- well, for starters, that's actually what Aaron was talking, or that's what Ryan was talking about, saying it's illegal, uh, just out the gate. Yeah, so Coils of the Hydra requires you to take three compulsory troop choices. Compulsory being the key word. So tactical support marines have the support squad rule. So you, they are a troop's choice, but they're not a compulsor- compulsory choice. So when you run Coils of the Hydra, you have to run, uh, in any combination, any three of these units. Breachers... Assault Marines or tactical or basic tact marines. Those are the only three that you're allowed. Those are the only three basic compulsory troops, unless you have some type of character or whatever to unlock something else as a troop. But I don't believe Alpha Legion has any of that yet. 
No. Nothing yet. Probably never, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, next thing on the list, he had the Elite Elite Choice, which he had a quad launcher support battery. Uh, he had three quad launchers with the incendiary shell, the phosphate canister shot, and the shatter shell. Just a straight, just beefcake unit of quad launchers. And that's what we were actually talking about last episode. You know what? I didn't notice that he put incendiary shells on that. I'd get rid of those. You'll never fire those. Between Phosphex, Shatter, and the normal rounds, what, where are you going to have time? or like you're, You'll forget you have those fuckers. I didn't even catch that. Save yourself uh, 45 points right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Well, we're going to do that on the fly when I get to my list, then I'll figure out something to spend that 45 fucking points on. Already. So then, Legion Veteran Tactical Squad, nine of them with combi weapons, all have machine killers, and his sergeant has (coughs) combi weapon power dagger and artificer armor. Fair enough. Then he's taking his Siege Tyrants, Terminator Squad, five with Chain Fist, and basically just some Tyrants. They're just ready to ready to roll out. No transport, nothing like that. Just, just uh, probably deep striking with Dynad, I would imagine. Then he's got some a Legion Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron. He's got two Javelins, both with Hunter Killer missiles. Uh, well, one missile each, and so they're just going to come stock with their missile launchers, which is plenty. Twin link cyclones and heavy bolters. What they got? Beautiful. A lot of people. A lot of people forget that that thing's twin link. Oh, I don't see how. I always say these are my hunter killer missiles and these are my twin linked missiles. Like I roll separate. Like yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Next, he's got a Legion Fire Raptor gunship. It's got four Hellstrike missiles, a Reaper Auto Cannon battery that comes. Oh, he upgraded the quad heavy bolters up to Reaper Auto Cannons, and that's pretty much it on that one. He took a Legion Sakaran. He put Hellstrikes on it. Did you say that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. He took a Legion Sakaran battle tank. Uh, just. Straight up Sakarn, middle of the field. And then he took a Death Blossom uh, Leviathan, which is the uh, Leviathan Siege Dreadnought with dual uh, storm, ca- storm cannons inside of a Legion drop pod. And he's got the Phosphex Discharger on it. And what makes that one really cool is the uh, with Dynat, if he's in the enemy deployment zone, it adds plus one to his damage table. So basically it makes those auto cannons AP2. Not necessarily, it's not actually AP2, but against vehicles, makes it AP2 because you get plus one. Uh, so that makes those those storm cannons fucking brutal, especially those dual storm cannons. So that was a list he sent in. Uh, and, I mean, there's nothing really bad about it besides the fact that it's illegal. But, Ryan, do you want to read off your list or do you want me to? No, I can read it off. I got it here. It's all you, So, buddy. So, I... When I when I wrote rewrote his list, I basically whenever somebody sends me a list, the the process I do is I look at their list and then I just take their list and rebuild it in um, Battlescribe, like on my phone. And then after I rebuild it, then I just swap things in and out. So then when I'm done, I take the Battlescribe file and then you know edit it, do whatever I need to do with it, and then send it off to Michael and then to the person who needs the list. So anyway, 
Um, when I said earlier about the quad mortars, I when I rebuilt his list because I missed the incendiary altogether. Um, so the extra forty five points uh, is factored into this. So I actually did get rid of the incendiary rounds without even knowing they were there. So, um, but anyway, so this is my version of the the same list. Uh, my version is only twenty four eighty nine, so he has eleven points left. He could do whatever with. I have a suggestion for that when we get to the end. So HQ is still our Millis Dynat. Um, I still took a Siege Breaker, but I armed him different. I gave the, the Siege Breaker that I made is Artificer Armor, uh, Boarding Shield, Phosphex Bombs, uh, Power Axe, and that's it. So he's it's cheaper than his. Um, it's not uh, bulky, so it, it'll go in a transport uh, easier. And I feel like with the bo the boarding shield gives the model defensive grenade. So if you put him in a unit and that unit gets charged, it'll it'll help it survive the assault better. They and the lose whole all their bonus attacks. Yeah, they lose all their bonus attacks with defensive grenades. And his other guy, I mean, this guy's going to basically fight the same in assault anyway. Basically, the only thing worse is the guy's invulnerable save, but everything else he's better and he's less points. And he wasn't really he was basically just taking the siege breaker to unlock. Phosphex for the most part anyway. So I feel like this is a better way to go with it in this build. So for his troops, um, he has a... Uh, I, I took a 10-man tactical squad, just normal attacks. Um, the sergeant has melt bombs, and then the unit itself has no other upgrades, but I put them in a rhino with a multi-melta. And then I took another tactical squad that's armed exactly the same way, so melt bombs on the sergeant, uh, Rhino with Multimilta. And then I took a third Legion Tactical Squad and I uh, exchanged their uh, bolters for uh, chain swords. So they basically just have bolt pistols, chain swords, so they're despoilers. And I gave the sergeant uh, melt bombs. And they're not in anything yet, but we'll get there what they go in. And then for his elites, I took the same quad mortar battery he did. So, uh, Three quad mortars and one battery, but I got rid of the incendiary rounds, so they just have the standard rounds of phosphex shot and shatter shells. For a second elite choice, um, I took a Legion veteran tactical squad. Um, it's got seven guys in it. Um, six of them have combi meltas, including the sergeant, and then one guy has a melta gun. So it's his same machine killer vets that he had, except I swapped one of the – the squad's only uh, seven instead of the full ten, and I swapped the uh, one of the combi weapons for an actual melt-a-gun where he, uh, he gets more turns of shooting with it. The gift that keeps on giving. The reason, reason I made it seven was so uh, it'll, it can fit in a transport with uh, Diana and um, the Centurion when we get to the transports in this next section. Uh, so – for fast attack, I took a Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw Drop Pod. And then for a second fast attack, I took another Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw Drop Pod. And then for heavy support, I took the same uh, Fire Raptor that he has. So it's got the Reaper Autocannon Battery Upgrade and the four Hell Strikes. And then for the second heavy support, it's, the, it's a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought, but I just put more upgrades on it. So it's a Leviathan Dreadnought with Armored Ceramite. Um, Legion Dreadnought Drop Pod, a single Storm Cannon, a Phosphex Discharger, 
uh, two twin link Volkite calibers, and then a siege claw. So just the standard claw it comes with with the melt the gun in its fist. All right. So here's what I the notes that I sent to him on this list. So the first thing you will always have to first thing to know is you're always going to have to choose infiltrate for your mutable tactic to make this list legal because the quad mortar crew are infantry without a transport. So one of the drawbacks on coils of the Hydra is all infantry units in the army must either be mounted in a transport or have the infiltrate rule. He doesn't have a Charybdis to put the the points or you know whatever in the list to put the Charybdis in to put the quad mortars in. So they can't. There's nothing you can put them in. So you're always going to have to pick infiltrate. Um, the next thing is he had javelins in the original list. If he absolutely wants those javelins. Um, he can just trade out the two rhinos that I put the tactical squads in and just run them on foot, and that gives you 100 points, and then the, the list already has 11 free points in it so that he could just take two base javelins if he wanted instead of the rhinos. That's his choice. So I gave him the option to do that there. It doesn't really change anything in the list. He's got all the slots to do that. Um, so the reason I did the two empty dread claws and then left spots in the vets and all this other stuff. So this list allows you to put the vets and the close combat tax and the dread claws. Um, so then you will get both the vets and the Leviathan first turn because you have three drop pods. Um, I left one melt gun on the Leviathan because it's very good with Dynats plus one to damage, not to keep one. So instead of doing like two storm cannons, I upgraded the chest weapons to Volkites to make up some more of that firepower, but then left a melt gun just to go with Dynats rule. Plus it, sure. gives a, it gives a little close combat, makes it, Makes it feel more well-rounded. Something that Alpha Legion might do, like, you know, where it's kind of an all-comers type thing. Um, I also gave it uh, Armored Ceramite, uh, which I feel like very, is very important on a Leviathan. I'd, I would never personally take a Leviathan without it. Um, Such a shitty way for a Leviathan to go. Yeah. <laughs> Just land and take a melted gun in the face. So the close combat tactical squads will always be your second drop wave unit because they're kind of like... So when you take drop pods, you always try to make your second wave guys, for the most part, either shooty, shooty stuff. So when it comes in, it can immediately make an impact, or you put like your second line units, like object, objective grabbers or stuff like that. Obviously, your Leviathan and your Meltavets are going to be more of your Alpha Strike type units, so you probably want those in your first wave. So you're almost always going to run it that way. Um so the guy, the assault guys, they'll, you can basically bring them in and then they'll hide it for a turn in the drop pod and then they can jump out and assault like a weak backfield unit. Like rape their, like your enemies, rapiers or mortars, artillery tanks or anything uh, else that people like to hide in backfields that, you know, basic Marines with three attacks on the charge can handle, basically. Um, so then Dynat and or the Siege Breaker can go either with so the Terminators, you're going to choose to be your deep striking unit with Dynat. Dynat can choose one infantry unit in the army to deep strike. It'll probably be the Terminators, but it can be something else. So these are kind of the scenarios that you can do. So Dynat and or the Siegebreaker can go with the Terminators or the Vets. There's room enough in the claw with the Vets only being seven to accept both characters or one character or none of the characters. Um, so... By putting the Siege Breaker with the Siege Tyrants, they gain Tank Hunter, or you can put it with the Meltavet squad to give them Tank Hunter. And then Dynat, because he has a Cognosignum, he could go with either unit to make either unit Ballistic Skill 5. So depending on 
what your opponent's running and how you want to go about it, you can decide which of the two units to give the bonuses to. So right. it, it leaves you tactically flexible for options during deployment. It's not something you have to decide when you build the army list. So um, then the boarding shield on the Centurion or on the uh, the Siegebreaker in either of those units will help. Like if you drop those guys in, um, it'll help with like you drop them in, they shoot, and then they try to assault them at least to tie them up or whatever, or just try to wipe them out with something. It it by them losing out all their attacks, it'll help. So the other thing you could do, I was thinking about this. So if you choose the Terminators a deep strike, they can't come in till turn one at the or turn two at the earliest anyway. And on the turn they come in, they can re-roll their scatter, so you can be kind of risky with them because you're not like, you know what I mean? You get to roll it twice. So what you could do, you could put Dynat and the Siege Breaker in with the Vets, drop them in, shoot the hell out of something, and you've already blown your load with the Melta. Like, you know, most of the Melta shots are gone, so now they're just down to bolt guns. Then on turn two, Deep Strike the Terminator's in next to Dynat because he's got a Cognosignum, which I believe counts as a Vox, right? So you yes. don't scatter Right. So you could drop the Terminators in right next to Dynat and the Siege Breaker and then just leave the Vet Squad and join the Terminator Squad. Makes sense. I mean, just out the gate. Yeah. So that was kind of the idea when I wrote this list. But th the reason I like it, it gives you a lot of tactical options. Um, so those Melt-A-Vet guys, you could make them the deep-striking unit off Dynat and, and um, uh, put the five Terminators into the Dreadclaw and get the Terminators turn one, and Deep Strike the Vets later. You couldn't put the characters with the the uh, Terminators if you did that, just because they won't fit, but it does give you the option to do it. Um, you could choose to just not use the Deep Strike ability at all and start the Terminators on the table with Dynad. Just use 48-inch range to... To shoot stuff. I mean, the, the reason I like Deep Striking them is because once they hit the enemy's deployment zone, they add plus one to that damage table. So... There, there, but like I said, there's there's merits for each approach. So once again, it just gives you tons of options during the deployment phase to where you can choose to do certain things based on your opponent. That's not something you have to figure out beforehand in a list and be stuck with. Absolutely. I agree. So what do you think about this list? I like it. I mean, it's it's very flexible, man, especially if especially with Dynat. Dynat makes anything in the enemy deployment zone overpowered. So like you you bringing in more deep striking to the list with the anvil list like really sets up more it you, you want to get in the enemy deployment zone you want to get in there as quick as you can so. right and well and like what i was saying like with those so even those basic uh close combat marines right yeah even with crack grenades they're getting plus one on the damage table so they can get an explodes result with crack grenades so if you assault a scorpus whirlwind it's dead or or even like a, a squad of like uh, Medusas or something. Say they had a full squad of Medusas or whatever, and you assault and you're clamping all these crack grenades on them. You know, it, it just, it really, like you said, it really makes things good. Yep. All day. I mean, um, so what, what would you do? Would you keep the the tactical squads in the, would you keep the two rhinos with multi multis and run the tax squads in there? Or would you just infiltrate them, not buy them rhinos and put javelins in? I would not, I would not buy rhinos. I would straight infiltrate them up get them as close as possible already, uh, and then use the, the javelins. Then buy javelins? Okay. All day. Because, I mean, well, even even if you think about the javelins... Uh, they're not Legion of Stardis or a Dreadnought, so they don't oh, get the Dynet thing, right? I don't think so. I thought it was Legion of Stardis crew. 
because I know that's how the uh, the quad mortars work out. Well, but that's because the quad mortar doesn't have any crew. It's like it does. It's weird. Like the vehicle okay. doesn't have Legion Astartes, where the quad mortar does. I'd still go javelins. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure. Like I was kind of up in the air about. It. I could see merits for both, but that's why I made it a point to say, hey. If you want to keep the javelins, keep them. All you got to do is get rid of these rhinos. You have like it's a direct swap because you have the extra points. So, yeah, but anyway, ho- hopefully you'll be happy with it. Basically, I had to drop the Sakaran. There was just no way to fit it in. Like I feel like this is like pretty, pretty maximized, I guess, for what he was wanting to run. Like based on his fluff and his criteria, I don't really see any more cuts or whatever I could do to get rid of to get enough points to run a Sakaran. I would say that if he wants to run, and I know he had mentioned that he wanted to run the Sakaran after we sent this list back to him. Yeah. I would say if you want to run the Sakaran, then you need to go with Rhinos instead of Infiltrate. Because every army is going to have a long-range answer to tanks. I mean, there's just... Every army usually, has... Usually. Yeah. So they all have either, you know, a, a, a drop-potting, a melt-a-squad... Or they have, you know, a dreadnought that's going to deep strike. They're going to have something that's going to be dedicated to killing tanks. And if you only have one tank, then that's that's it. That's like they it. don't like, yeah. It's like, oh, I have this Spartan with four last cannons on it. Uh, I'll shoot these tactical guys hiding in these ruins, or I'll shoot this one Sakaran. Well, of course, it's going to be the Sakaran. Yeah, it's like I. Everybody has to take an answer for tanks, and so if you only have one tank, that tank is not going to make it. Like it's just, I mean, so and and if you only could take one tank. The Sakarin isn't the tank that's going to get its points back. It's it's not going to be the the the. Oh, I only need to shoot this for two turns; it'll get its points right. back. Right. I mean, the the other thing he could do is forego both the rhinos. Like, if he just absolutely has to have it, you could take not take the rhinos and not take the javelins to replace it. So you just have the hundred points and then drop one of the quad mortars, and that gives you enough points for a Sakarin. Or yeah. like we talked about, you could. Uh, downgrade the Leviathan basically to a Contemptor Cordis with a carries and a chain fist with the melt the gun in it. And it's like it, a diet, it's like a diet version. And then the rest of the list stays identical. You can even put the javelins in whatever. And that gives you enough points to run the Sakaran. And in a, a Cortis in the backfield running around with a chain fist, adding plus one to its damage roll, which is basically making it what AP zero. Because is a right. chain fist AP one, right? No, it's AP two. Oh, so it's, it becomes but, AP one. But our idea was you could either do two, you could do a power fist chain fist with double melta guns, and the melta guns are AP one, so they basically gain plus three to the damage. So you're getting two melta gun shots, or you could do a single carries, uh, and then a chain fist with a melta gun in it. You know, either way. But then it's close combat attacks because it can choose rage on a turn that's going to assault. If you do double fist, it's going to be six attacks on the charge. If you just do single fist, it's still going to be five. Um, it's, uh, you know, all those attacks are going to be at plus two to the damage table because the chain fist is dropping to AP one. And then, it, then at that point, it's only diet Leviathan on its armor. Everything else, if it's getting six attacks on the charge at strength 10. Well, but it doesn't have the shooting. Like the Leviathan's got a storm cannon, a metal yeah. to gun, two yeah. Volkites, and the Phosphex discharger. It's much nasty shooting plus it's four whole points it's got a four up in vulnerable save where yeah. the contemptor cordis is only a, a five up and only to the front and it's armor 11 on the side instead of you know 13 13 but once that bitch is in combat yeah thing so i mean both both are good like 
it just it's how all how he wants to do it. If he if he he can get rid of the Levi downgrade the Leviathan, um, and put the Sakaran in without changing anything, or uh, get rid of the uh, rhinos and javelin option and get rid of one quad mortar and put it in. I like the idea of a, uh, or not on it. A, a, cor- a Cortis Contemptor, Reagan smashing through like everything. Like I just with just dual fist, just beating <laughs> the fuck out of like everything that comes near it. Just like a boxer. Although I do love me some Leviathan, I I could see where a Cortis would come in handy. Obviously, so. so All right. Then, hopefully that works out for you, Aaron. Hopefully, hopefully uh, I would like to see. I'm, I know I'm going to see this list played because he's our local guy. And some yep. of these models I'm giving him, so I'm uh, I'm totally looking forward to it. Man, I'm so glad we got him over to the dark side now. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So next up, Sons of Horse list. And this is from Mr. John. Right, John? Well, he signed off some fucking guy they call Alf. But, yeah, his name's John. I wrote John at the top. <laughs> All right, John. So John came in. He says, I would love some help with my in-progress Sons of Horus. I have a good amount of models, but I haven't come up with a list I'm proud of yet. I was hoping I could give you a list of what I have and see what kind of army you come up with at 2,500 points. I think some new perspective could really help me out. So he's got the Praetor Tribunal, which is that Tataris dude with the power blade, the, the Paragon blade that came with the, in the GW the first time GW ever sold Forge World or something in the store. Yeah. So, uh, that dude's a sweet model, by the way. Sucks that he's in Tatar's armor, but that's okay. He's got five Jastarin, two with Chain Fist, two with Lightning Claws, one Power Sword. He's got nine Reavers, seven Kami Plasma, one with Plasma, one with Power Fist. He's got eight Reavers, all with Volkite Chargers. He's got five Heavy Support with Volkite Culverance, a Dread Claw Drop Pod, Contemptor with Multi Melta, and a Chain Fist with Grab Gun. A.K.A. Mr. Fister. Love it. <laughs> Please write that on your dreadnought somewhere. He's got a Master of the Signal, and he's got a single quad mortar. I also have some other models that are not Legion-specific yet. If I don't use them for my Sons of Horus, I will roll them into my next Legion. He's got a Leviathan, Death Blossom configuration. Love it. Leviathan with Magnetized Drill or Claw in one arm and Magnetized Glove Flux, Grab Flux, or Multi-Melted Lance in the other. 14 Power Armor guys with loads of bits and a Land Raider, the GW kit. I know you don't like the Black Reaving Rod of War, but that is... It's not true. We'll get to that, but go ahead. (laughs) That is what I would like to use. My main reasoning is I want Reavers as troops and Deep Striking Terminators, but I'm not really a fan of the Malgahurst, although Abaddon isn't that bad. So, for starters, I mean, just the Black Reaving, it's not that he doesn't like it, it's just that there's other ways to get the Black Reaving. Well, the problem was the guy guy that was wanting to run it already had Abaddon, or already had a Horus... In his army, and and because you have Horus, that it gives you basically everything the Black Raven gives you minus uh, the dudes as troops. But because because he's not your HQ, and you have to take a second HQ, you have to take an HQ. I was like, and he was just putting a throw in HQ in his original list anyway. I was like, well, why wouldn't you just make your throw in HQ cheap ass no. Malagers that's 140 points, and then get every single thing that the black Reaving gives you without having to take it. Plus, if you remember correctly, the way he wanted to run the army was with both Abaddon and a knight at the same time. Yeah. It's the only way to do it was to run onslaught. And the only way to get onslaught is to not run a right of war. So 
there was a lot of factors going into like why I didn't take black reading. It's not really that I have a massive problem with it. It's just that in that scenario that we talked about it, it didn't make any sense for him to run it at all. It's so. just that Ryan thinks it's trash. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> he says, my loose plan is a dread claw with plasma reavers and a master of the signal. Then the terminators deep strike near them with the pred- with the praetor. Maybe use the quad mortars with the heavy support squad as a fire base while the death blossom and maybe large tax squad advance forward. Uh, possibly put the Volkite Reavers in a Rhino and outflank for objective grabbing. Maybe throw in a lightning for anti-air and use up another fast attack choice. Uh, also, all Reavers will have chain axes because why not? I like the idea of applying lots of pressure from different angles, but my least, but my least doesn't seem... My list. My list doesn't seem. Thanks for the amazing. Oh, my list doesn't seem cohesive enough. Yep. Any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Don't be afraid to drastically change what I have. And I don't mind if some models aren't used. Thanks for the amazing podcast. Keeps me wanting to end my pitiful. It keeps me from wanting to end my pitiful existence while I am at work. Also, (laughs) have you pissed on anyone's picture yet? Because I feel like that should give you its own segment. Take care. Uh, sincerely, some fucking guy they call Alf. P.S. There's a new trading website. Okay, we'll read that out later. So, yeah. Uh, we've not pissed on anyone's picture yet. We've not been sent anyone's picture. That may be changing soon, but I don't know. We'll see. We will see, guys. We might have something in the works. So, anyway. So, the list. I mean, uh, first things first, man. Walking up a Death Blossom is not ever a good idea. I no. Want, I just wanted to tell you all that. Death Blossoms will die to Daredevil Dreadnoughts. I've seen it happen in the first turn. I saw that happen. It was the worst thing. It's probably one of the saddest. It's one of the saddest things you can see short of a uh, Death Blossom stuck in combat with Alex. It's the saddest thing that you, like, mm. I, I saw that too, yes, last night. Tim was posting up pictures on his Instagram, the Eye of Horse Instagram. And I looked at one of his pictures, and I saw his, like, Storm Eagle in there, and I was like, that is a badass. And I look in the background, and you see this Death Blossom, and all these Daleks are around it, like, tied in combat. I was like, no! <laughs> the Death Blossom! <laughs> oh, That's funny. Don't go near Thalaks if you have a Death Blossom. It will not end well for you. But anyway, Ryan, go ahead and unleash your 2,499-point list. Okay, so first off, John. I'm not going to lie. I read your whole thing and was like kind of taking notes, right? And like, okay, well, he's got this. So I'm kind of getting ideas in my head. And then I get to the part where you say, don't be afraid to drastically change what I have. And I don't mind if some models aren't used. And my brain went blank and I just like wrote the list that I wanted to write. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So, uh, that's kind of what happened, so I'm just putting that out there. So, anyway, I, I kept it generic. I didn't take any special characters or whatever because he was like – he didn't mention that he had Horus or wanted to take Horus or whatever, and he said he didn't like Malagers. He said Abaddon was kind of okay, so I just kept it generic. So, you know, if he if he wants to add characters later, he can always write back in. I'll write him another list of characters, or he can take what I said and, you know, run with it, do something on his own, whatever he wants to do. But, so anyway, it's a Sons of Horus army. It uses the Black Reaving Riot of War, which is what he wanted to use. Um, so I took a uh, Master of the Signal, because you have to have one for Black Reaving. Um, he's just a, a base guy. 
Then I took a Praetor. Um, he's in Artificer Armor with Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Melt Bombs, Paragon Blade, Power Fist. So Solid. Solid loadout there. Ready to kick some ass. And no he's going to go he's going to go with um there's a reaver squad uh, down here that he'll go with that is let's see There's one that's a a smaller reaver squad and he'll go with the smaller squad so they can fit in the transport. So, for troops, I took a legion a, a basic generic legion tactical squad. Um they can take an additional chainsword or and they took an additional chainsword or combat blade. So they're going to be bolt gun uh, bolt pistol and chainsword and the sergeant has melt bombs and then I took a reaver attack squad that is nine guys strong um, they all not let's see the so eight guys have chain axes the sergeant has a power weapon his choice whatever he wants to run and the sergeant also has melt bombs um, then I took a third troop choice which is another reaver squad this is a full ten man squad the entire squad has chain axes. Um, two of the guys have melt guns, um, and eight of the guys have Volkite chargers, and they're in a Rhino uh, with a multi melt on it. So those guys will choose to outflank. The other Reaver squad that's nine man took a dedicated Anvilus, and that's where your Reaver Lord will go with them. So you got one Reaver squad and Anvilus that'll come in with the Reaver Lord with them, and then one in a Rhino. They can choose to outflank if they want because of the Black Reaving Rhino War. Um, the Legion tactical squad with the close combat weapons later on in the list, I take another, uh, dread call and they go in there, but we'll get there in a minute. So for elites, I took a five man, just Terminator squad. Uh, three of them have lightning calls to a chain fist, basically the unit that he said he had on hand. Um, I bought a dread, uh, dread claw as a fast attack choice for them to go in. They can take it as a dedicated transport, but we'll get to why I didn't do that in a minute. Um, then for a second elite choice, I took a, a Legion quad mortar battery. So it's three three quad mortars, and they're upgraded to shatter shells, such so as base rounds and shatter shells. For fast attack, I took the two Anvilus dread claws. The, the normal tacticals go in one, and the termies go in the other, the, the just Aaron. And then... Because of the the Reaver squad with the dedicated one, it gives you three total dread claws in the army, which are very Sons of Horus because it's like they're you know they're the only ones that just get it as a dedicated transport straight right. up. Um, then for heavy support, I took a Legion Scorpus Whirlwind, and then for Lords of War, since he doesn't have Horus or any of these super heavy tanks, I and he said he maybe wanted to throw a flyer in or whatever. I took a suborbital strike wing of two Avenger Strike Fighters, uh, both of which are upgraded with Battle Servitors and two Kraken Penetrators per jet. So that gives him a total of uh, 2,499 points. And then I wrote a little note here. Oh, did I say, did I read out the Javelins? There's a third fast attack choice of two Javelin Speeders that each are upgraded to Multi-Meltas. I don't know if I read this. I don't know if I read that off or not. So anyway... So I wrote him a little note here. It says you could drop the javelins and the suborbital wing for a lightning strike fighter uh, with four krakens and a fire raptor with auto cannons and hell strikes. This also gives you 50 more points to play with. I actually like both builds, so you can decide which ones you're going to go with or neither of them at all. 
So if he goes with that other option, because there's three fast attack choices, he would have to free up one to put the lightning in. Right. You would just take the Anvilus and just dedicate it to the Just Aaron, which you it, you would do, and you'd still have the same everything. Then you would, for your third fast attack, put the lightning in there, and then you have two open heavy supports to put the fire after in. All day. So the reason I put the the Dread Claws as fast attack, the Black Reaving Rite of War requires you to have more fast attack than heavy support. So I built the list this way, that because if you ever wanted to take it from 2,500 to 3,000, he's got max fast attack, so he could then take another heavy support choice if he wanted. So that's the only reason I did that. But it's all you have to do is swap it if he needs another fast attack choice to dedicate it. So the idea behind the list is... Uh, you could start, he said he liked the idea of like attacking from multiple angles or whatever. So you could literally start, um, you'll start the quad mortars and the centurion and the master of signal attached to the quad mortars on the table with the Scorpus whirlwind, which you can all hide really far back and out of sight behind the line of sight blocking terrain to keep them safe. And then when you get your first turn, you're going to get two of your three dread claws. So you're going to drop in your, uh, just Aaron and your uh, assault reaver squad. Um, the javelins can either outflank deep strike or start on the board really far back. You know, once again protected, then come out and start shooting or outflank and try to get the meltas in. The planes will obviously have to go in reserve. They'll come in and you know Hopefully rip shit up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the tactical the yeah, and then um, so that's pretty much it. So it's it's kind of just like went with his theme of you know, what he wanted to do. I tried to use, cause he said he had quad mortars. I used those. He said he had the five terminators. I used those. I think he said I used all of his reavers. So I used all of those that he had. I didn't use any of the dreadnoughts. He could swap. Um, he could get rid of the javelins if he wanted to add, uh, a contemptor mortis in or something like that. Um, so I did try to use some of his units. I used most of his infantry. Uh, he said he had already had a dread claw. I used that. Um, and he said he wanted a flyer, so I put flyers in both lists. So that's pretty much how it plays. What did you? What do you think? I think it's uh, like extremely mobile. The whole list itself. Like uh, I like that there's so many anvilists actually inside the list. I mean, realistically, if you look at this list, you have what three six, three six flyers? Yes. Yeah. It's no, no, no. Five. Five. Five flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't go with the lightning and fire raptor combo over the two crusade fleet, uh, just because I like the idea of the Avengers over the fire raptor. Uh, and well, the reason I put that option in there is like, say later he wants to run horse or run a Lord of War. He's got to give up that spot. He's got to give up that spot. So it, I just gave him that option. So it's always something to keep in his head that I can just get rid of these Avengers and put this fire raptor because the fire raptor is going to do the anti-ground stuff that the Crusaders, do, the the two strike fighters do, and then the Lightning will pick up the anti-tank. But you're having to take two models to do what... You're doing two for two, but the, the thing with the Crusade guys, they each do both roles on their own. So even if you lose one or one's jinking or one flies off the board or whatever, they're each multi-role. They unload those Kraken Penetrators the first turn they come on, and, then and after the four that, last cannons. And their four last cannons. And then next turn, they're unloading on Space Marines. Or even more tanks if they want to. Right. You know, it's, it's brutal. They're very brutal. Uh, but other than that, man, I I mean, I really, 
I, I really like this list. I like how mobile it is. Um, of course, you snuck in a, a Scorpus Whirlwind just... Well, I mean, it's you so know, there was, there was 115 points there, and I was like, and eh. Well, he, need, he needed stuff to start on the board because you can't have no models on the board. Right. And I didn't go drop pot enough or a Charybdis with a really big unit where I was kind of worried about you don't want definitely don't want to get table turn one or whatever no so i tried to put things in the list that you could start on the board they could still fire and make an impact on your turn one but they could be placed far enough back to be out of danger it's solid i really like it so i i don't know i thought it was cool so like fluff wise i guess the idea in my head was you have these quad mortars you got the master signal sitting with the quad mortars right yeah so he's got his like finger on the fucking radio button and you got the Scorpus whirlwind there and they're just like hammering shit like just shooting the enemy like pissing them off like hammering them killing dudes trying to draw them in and then he gets them in close enough draws them in and he's like clicks that button and says now and then all these fucking javelins dread claws um outflanking rhinos and all that like swoop in from all these angles and just like murder everybody that's come to dig those guys out from shooting them that's kind of that's kind of the idea you, you know, he's calling in air support and all that. So it's kind of built around this setting, this trap with the, and then using the master signal. Cause he's uh, features as the key component of this black Raven right of war. Cause he's supposed to be coordinating everything. So it sets it up fluff wise where he's calling in airstrikes, you know, calling in these fleet support from the dread claws and then calling in these outflanking, you know, units and all that and coordinating all that. Cut the head. Cut the head. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. So I I feel like it fits fluff wise. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. It uses you know quite a few of his units or whatever. It'll definitely look cool. Like imagine this army on a display board. I think it'd look pretty rad. I would love to see some Sons of Horus quad launchers. I haven't seen those. Yeah. So anyway, I liked it. I thought it was cool. The other reason to not do the Avengers is some people. Um, I guess because they're they're like that weird lord of war choice where you're kind of taking them out of another list and putting them in a marine army where you know a fire raptor is an actual legion asset with like right. legion crew. so i mean this the lightning's not that's kind of a weird thing just to throw in like i've always felt like the lightning strike fighter is like one of those one of these things is not like the other one <laughs> of these things just doesn't belong unit in the marine army like what you know I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing just to throw in. No, I agree. And then you have like the Xiphon, which is like the actual Marine unit. And it's like not great. You're just like, why, why couldn't I like, I've always wanted to take the lightning wings and put them on a Xiphon and see how that looks. But yeah. So I have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I hope he likes the list. I, I think I, for, uh, make sure you forward these lists to everybody. I think I already sent him. I'm pretty sure I responded to him already and sent him this list. I'm pretty sure I even copied you. He'll, he'll get it twice. That's okay, right. that's fine. But I, I like forwarding all these lists I write to people. So, like I said, they don't have to constantly listen and take notes and all that. They can just relax and take it all in when we talk about it and then just look at the list or follow along as they have the list in their hand. See how it's so. played. Yep. So that works out, man. No Death Blossom at all to be seen in that list. Well, he didn't have a Dreadnought drop pod. Um, it's pretty expensive. I don't know. I mean, you could put it in there at three thousand. Get yourself a. Well, he could get rid of the he could get rid of the two flyers, and that's like four hundred points. And put the that and then a drop pod in there. 
because you'd have to get you'd what you'd want to do at that point is drop one of the anviluses um so you and then put the dreadnought drop pod in so you go back to having three drop pods and then that would give him 115 points then you'd probably have to get rid of like both the javelins and one of the flyers maybe and then put the leviathan in that's my only problem with the Leviathan, man. It's just so many points. I like it. It's just so many points. She's so expensive. She's a big it, girl. When you put that one, because you have to buy that drop pod tax. It's like you can't, you can't just figure that in. I mean, unless you're playing Zone Mortalis 100% of the time, it's got to go into Dreadnought Drop Pod, or why the hell are you taking this thing? You don't want to run it up the field. You don't. Don't do it. Don't you ever do that. So, I mean, that, I mean, that puts it, regardless of what loadout you put on it, it's pretty much 400 points. You just have to figure... You know, 400 points your army is that. For sure. Ideally, you want it to deep strike, make its points back, and then everything after that is just fucking icing on the cake. That's ideal right. situation. Right. But you definitely, running up the field is just wasting its potential. All right. So Michael's been excited about this list for a week for whatever reason. I he have, just... like, straight up. This actually comes from our, our buddy, uh, it, this... I think we had mentioned last week that uh, that our buddy from Perils of the Wallet had came over here. And so he sent in a list that has to do with the Evan Drake task force. And we kind of mentioned, we talked about the book six and, you know, how the Evan Drake story with uh, Zephyr Jur and Cassian Drake is in there and Narek Jurgur. And, like, this is it. This is the list. Like, he won't, he, he, Send us an email. It says, hey, guys, came up with an Evan Drake task force list. What do you guys think? So I want to make a list consisting of the Salamanders and Iron Warriors using characters from Book 6. Aesthetically, it's going to have members of other legions dispersed within the tactical squads and Terminator squads. In the story of Evan Drake, Xyphus Jer, Cassian Dracos had members of Iron Hands and Raven Guard, and they eventually made friends with the Iron Warriors Praven Narek Jagur on the Forge World planet. So that, that's Mendoza, by the way, is the name of the Forge World. In Mendoza, that's right. Didn't they also have Blood Angels with them? They stopped at Ball and picked up some Blood they Angels. They did, too. but the, they like actually got in a fight with the Blood Angels because they wanted to leave, and the Blood Angels wouldn't let them leave. So I thought they actually like fired upon each other. Didn't no, they? It, or did it wasn't. They? It wasn't the Blood Angels that fired on him. It was the, oh, that uh, was the other like Imperial Guard because right. it's like it's a pretty long story. So the Blood Angels just didn't want them to leave, and they basically had to like sneak away. It wasn't like they didn't leave on the best of terms. Yeah, but even then they were like, "Hey, does some of y'all guys want to come?" And some bloody was like, "Yeah, we'll go." Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll we'll cruise. What are we gonna go to a planet? Tight. Anyway, so so yeah, so there there was bits and pieces of well, actually, not they they picked up the Raven Guard from Ball too. Because a lot of the uh, a lot of the Legion of Stardays that were on Istvan three fell back to Ball, and Ball was kind of like this uh, this sanctuary planet. It was like, hey, we got you, like come on in. And there was like Raven Guard that that came to Ball, like all fucked up, like oh, the atrocities that happened on Istvan three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh my <laughs> goodness, these poor guys. And so they like, they sheltered them, they took them in. And then the Evan Drake cruises up. It's like, hey, guys, we're going to go find Vulcan. Do you want to roll? And they're like, yeah, we'll go find Vulcan with you because we also want to try and find Korax's body because we think he's dead. And they're like, come on in. Hop on. And then the guy, 
it's from Ball were like, hey, we'll we'll cruise with you too. But I think there was a uh, there was a the I guess like the overlord of the planet, like some some overlord guy of the planet. It wasn't a space marine or anything like that. It was just like a high militant marshal or something like that. It was like, y'all aren't going nowhere. And they're like, get fucked. And they left. Well, they, that that was the guy that fired on him. They actually yeah. shot back at each, forth at each other. And he's all like, y'all aren't welcome here if y'all leave anymore. Y'all, we'll consider you traitors of, uh, we'll consider you with Horus. And he's like, fine, we're out. We got to go find Vulcan. Get fucked. Left. Yeah. So anyway. Get fucked. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the battle cry. So anyway. So the list he sent in was Cassie and Dracos reborn, obviously. Zyphus Jer, obviously. Narek Jagger, obviously. And ten veteran space marines. Uh with the sergeant has artificer armor, a combi weapon, a power weapon. He gave them the marksman. So I guess out the gate. Are these no, these are not these are elite choices. Okay. Then he took a Another veteran Space Marine squad. Two of them have uh, power weapons. They have a Nuncio Vox. They have a Vexilla, Melta Bombs. Two of them have Volkite Chargers. Uh, then he took two Castlex Battle Automata with Scout, Darkfire Cannon, and two Battle Automata Power Blades. And they go with Neric. They're his little, because he has to take a squad of guys because he's a Pravian. Those are Neric's boys. Yep. Then he took a 10 man tactical squad. Uh, the uh, sergeant has artifice armor, power weapon, belt bombs, and he mastercrafted that power weapon. Then he has a, another tactical uh, space marine squad. Oh, I'm sorry. He took chain swords and a rhino with extra armor for that other squad. Yep. Uh, then he has another squad loaded out pretty much exactly the same way. It is the exact same squad. Okay. Then he took a fire drake terminator squad. Five man, they all have, uh, looks like the Fire Drake Master has a Dragon Scale Swarm Shield. He mastercrafted his weapon, and he took a mastercrafted Thunder Hammer. Then the four Fire Drakes all have their Dragon Scale Swarm Shields, so it's just a solid unit. He took two Chain Fist and two Thunder Hammers in the unit. Hey, real quick, he mastercrafted a mastercrafted Thunder Hammer. I saw that, so it's yeah. super mastercrafted, so he gets a reroll <laughs> twice. We get it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> he mastercrafted his storm shield so he gets a reroll no because you have to mastercraft a weapon and he only has one weapon which is the hammer which is already mastercrafted yeah I know I'm just playing I'm being I dumb. know yeah <laughs> alright so anyway he took a five man terminator squad with terminator sergeant uh, who has a volkite charger a power weapon a grenade harness he has a mastercrafted weapon so I'm assuming he's mastercrafting the power weapon then he took four, the four Terminators. Two of them have Kami Bolters. Two have Volkite Chargers. One has a Power Weapon. Two have Power Fist. There's a Chain Fist in the unit and a Plasma Blaster. So then there's a Daredeo Pattern Dreadnought with the Twin Hellfire Plasma Cannonade, which I've never seen used, which would be pretty cool to see. And then he took a Carapace-mounted Atomatic Preves to, Preves to give the units plus one invulnerable save within three inches. And armored ceramite on that bad boy, so he's definitely wants us to keep that guy alive. And I guess he's gonna like stomp forward with his boys and give off some of that sweet, sweet invulnerable save action. Uh, then after that, he has six Dalaks with a two two phase plasma fusils, 
so that would make sense in the in the list. And then he has an allied Legion of Stardust Lord of War, which is a war machine detachment, which is a Crassus armored assault transport uh, with Space Marine Legion crew, two front Sponson mounted heavy flamers, and two. He's got extra armor on it. Why does he two two X extra armor? Because it's it can buy two Sponsons or buy the extra armor for both sides, and it's in the same slot on Battle Scribe, so it's a Battle Scribe thing. Oh, so he buys double extra armor? No, 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 no. X, it's it increases its side armor to four, from thirteen to fourteen. Ah, if you that's don't right. Expand. Okay, so it's not there. It's not the normal extra armor. They just okay. Right. So he makes it. He's making a side armor fourteen. Yep. Understandable. Understandable. So it's three thousand and one points. No, it's not. It's four points cheaper than that, or it's it's uh, uh, twenty nine ninety six because he double mastercrafted the hammer. Okay, out the gate, we got you back. So Nair Dragera can bring in Iron Warriors vet squads at no force organization ch- chart slot, and Dragera has to bring a class of automata since he's a Pravian. I can give the Catholic Scout through Dragera's rules. The vets could choose marksmen for outflanking. I kind of like outflanking. Who doesn't, especially with marksmen vets? Uh, since Jagera has a Cortex controller, I'm bringing, bringing some Thalax in his heavy support squad. Uh, the Terminator squad is going to be a mix of Salamanders and Iron Hands. Aesthetically, they'll still be Iron, Salamanders Legion rules, so I like that. Uh, the Tactical squad will be made up of, of a Salamanders, Iron Hand, Raven Guard, and Imperial Fist, or Blood Angels, aesthetically. They will still be Salamanders Legion starters rules. Uh, the Crassus is just a cheap, cheap transport for the Terminators and Jur. It's not that cheap. I guess cheaper amongst anything that you could pick out. Uh, and if you haven't re- read that story, you should. It was pretty cool. So sent from his iPhone. So out the gate, I like what he's doing with the list. Like, it is very much book six, very much Cassian Dracos with uh, Automata loving on him. Like, yep. He's got so much Automata in the unit. And then I like that he's still going to use the Salamander's rules, but he's going to have different units painted up. Right. Well, the, so, the one unit of vets will actually use Iron Warrior rules. But, yeah, yeah every, the, everything else will count as Salamanders if you just paint the different things. It's very neat. Very neat list. So, Ryan, why don't The you only just... thing I don't like in the original list is the Crassus. It's like a throw-in. It's a cheap transport. Well, I get what he... I get it, but we're going we're gonna to change that for him. Okay. Well, unload. Unload what you want. Okay, so we'll just read the list, and then I wrote the longest explanation for why I did stuff on a certain list than I've ever wrote. So I dedicated a lot of time to this. I spent a whole afternoon thinking about this and writing this because I wanted it to be cool. So the HQs are all the same because you have to do those three HQs. So it's Cassin Dracos, uh, Xyphus Jur, and Ner- uh, Drager. The only thing I changed was Drager... I took three Castellax to go with him instead of only two. Um, I gave him all dark fire cannons. I gave two of them the power blades like he had before, but I gave the third one a Siege Wrecker. Um, I like the Siege Wrecker because it gives one guy strength 10 attacks at initiative. And um, it's good like if you run into anything that's like two wounds, tough five, like uh, Galvorback, or if you run into enemy Thalax or... You know, anything like that. Stone Gauntlet. I don't know why you would be fighting Stone Gauntlet with a list list, but, you know, whatever. Anything Tough 5 that has more than one wound or they throw Feel No Pain on it or whatever, it's just good to have a guy that can just smash right through that. Um, so for his troops, I took a 10-man tactical squad. Um, Sergeant has melt bombs nothing else. 
Um, for the second troop, I did the same thing. Another 10-man tactical squad, uh, just sergeant with melt bombs, nothing else. Um, for elite, I took a, uh, what is that, six-man fire drake squad. So there's six total of them. Uh, five of them have, oh, they, yeah, f- the five normal guys have chain fists and storm shields. And the Drake Master has a Mastercrafted Thunderhammer and Storm Shield. Uh, so then I took a Legion Terminator squad, uh, which is what he has in his list. They have a dedicated Anvilus uh, Dreadclaw with them. Um, there is... Let's see. How many chain fists there? So there's two power fists... This is weird. Battle Scribe mess screws this up. So anyway, there's there's five Terminators in the unit. Two of them have power fists. Two of them have power axes. And the sergeant has a chain fist that uh, has the artifice or weapon upgrade on it. And then they all just have normal combi bolters. Um, then for a second leech choice, I took a Legion Veteran Tactical Squad. Um, it's a nine-man squad. They have marksmen, and they all have melt-a-bombs. And then I took a second veteran tactical squad that's only a uh, seven-man, and they have marksmen, and they have melt-a-bombs as well. You can make either of those your Iron Warriors guys. Um, they obviously wouldn't take up a slot if you did that, but I just threw them in here so you could do kind of what you wanted with it. For fast attack, I took an Anvilus Dreadclaw. Um, then I also took a Legion Storm Eagle Assault Gunship. And the Storm Eagle has a single missile launcher in the nose and twin link las cannons on the wings. And then for heavy support, I took a Legion Charybdis Assault Claw. You can't upgrade it. It just is what it is. Um, and so this is a total of 2927. So I left him 70 points there. Um, we'll get to it in explanation, but just to real quick, the reason I left him 70 points was so that he could put any personalized upgrades he wanted on it. Because to me, this is a very, like, personal list. Like, you're going to want to make it very characterful. Like, this Blood Angel guy, you know, I want him to make sure that he has this power weapon because whatever, where you can write a story for each of your guys. So I wanted him to be able to do that for himself. So I just left him 70 points. I basically put the key upgrades that I felt the army needed in the actual list and then gave him those 70 points to where he could do what he wanted with them. Right. So, anyway, so here... So, so here's the explanation of why things is the way it is. So first off, as you know, the story of the Evan Drake is all about a crazy journey. Now, let me turn the page here. I wrote all this down so I wouldn't forget all the stuff I wanted to say. They're trying to seek something out, and they're all packed into one ship. Along the way, they pick up new additions to their party and find all kinds of trouble, uh, <laughs> causing them to take losses. That is the short, uh, as short of a summary as it is I can give. Keeping all that in mind, I tried to write a list that would make sense unit choice-wise to such an endeavor while taking all the characters in the story and the key units uh, that they represent. So I felt like they would have mostly infantry units um, as they would need to get into small areas uh, so they could investigate and search for clues while also being able to be rapidly deployed and extracted. With this in mind, I avoided tanks and gear that would need a lot of maintenance and upkeep and would be a pain in the ass to get from world to world. I went with gunships and dreadclaws as I feel like they fit with the mission they are trying to accomplish. They are great for rapid insertion and extraction and are flexible as to what they can 
they can hold as far as uh, models. Because uh, they can hold dreadnoughts, they can hold rapiers, they can hold terminators, they can hold power armor guys. They are uh, all capable of ship-to-ship boarding actions and planetary landings. Um, they are like the Swiss Army knife of transports. Plus, they do fire... Uh, I'm talking about the Dreadclaws here. They do fire attacks, which fits well with Salamander fluff-wise. You could imagine, like, Salamanders using Dreadclaws and using that flame attack a lot. Um, I also, on the squads that I could, made the number of models in the unit odd numbers. This represents addition and subtractions to the force from the perils of their long journey. It seems weird that with all the all their units, they would uh, be kept at ideal numbers when you consider their hodgepodge makeup. To further this idea of things not being symmetrical, I gave one of the TAC units close combat weapons. Uh, it makes it feel like the force has been broken into defined roles and adapt and as an adaptation on the fly. I forgot about that. One of the two 10-man tactical troop squads uh, they still have their bolters. I just bought them additional close combat weapons. Um, so I did my best. Uh, I also did the best I could considering points restrictions to make it where fluff-wise, a few round trips and all the transports could land the entire force and extract it. For example, you could imagine both tactical squads riding together in the Storm Eagle to get to the surface of a world, even though this isn't normally allowed in the game. Uh, the same could be said for the smaller vet squad and the fire drakes and juror all riding down or leaving together on the Charybdis. Once again, that's not legal. It's just a fluff thing you could imagine in your head. Um, I left you 73 points to take the upgrades you want on your units. Uh, I gave them the key upgrades they should have, but this allows you to kit them out for how you personally want to play them. If you don't want to spend that many points on upgrades, a lone javelin seems like a pretty cool fluffy unit for only 55 points. It deep strikes or outflanks and is a great scouting vehicle fluff-wise. You can de definitely imagine how it would be useful. You could also drop the additional close combat weapons off the tacticals or just swap all their bolters all together, uh, four of them, to net another 20 points. So you could get both upgrades and the speeder. Um, lastly, you could always fill out or reduce the vet squads to more optimal numbers rules-wise if you don't like the depleted squad idea that I came up with. I so love that's, that depleted squad idea you came up with. <laughs> so that's the fluff. So here's the crunch. Uh, so Jur goes with the Drakes in the Charybdis. Uh, this is your hardest-hitting assault unit, uh, though the the Castellacs are close behind because Jur gives the Castellacs uh, um, Zealot and Rage if you take him in a Salamander army, which is brutal. So but we'll, I want to talk about all the characters in this army when we get done with this list for a minute. So anyway... So, uh, Castle X, uh, so the Jur and the, and the Drakes and the Charybdis will, uh, this pod will be in your first assault wave of drop pods. Um, so Cass and Dracos goes in the fast attack Anvilus most games, but you can start him on foot, uh, since it's not dedicated. Uh, he will drop in turn one with Jur and the Drakes if you decide to put him in the Anvilus. So Narek and the tax squad with just bolters will start the game on foot. They will represent the beachhead units brought down from a previous drop. In your list, you gave Narek scout, but you might also consider tank hunters since you're using so many darkfire cannons. If you want them to start super close and be more for assault, you might consider dropping the darkfires and just leave the stock mauler bolters. Uh, really, either gun is good. So if he drops the darkfire cannons, that would net him 60 points. 
that he could add the speeder in and then also use the other extra points I gave him to add upgrades. So I just gave him some options there. Uh, so your vets can start on the board or outflank uh, if you make them marksmen. You could also even start one in the loose anvilus if you uh, want to start Cassian on foot, though he should probably start in the Dreadcall most games because people are going to avoid him like the plague if he's just stomping around. You pretty much need to put him in something to get him in their face right away. Uh, I intended them to be used as marksmen when writing the list, but you can make make them whatever kind of vets you want and kit them for the roll with the extra points I left you. The tacks are kit, the tacks that are kitted for close combat uh, are supposed to uh, ride in the Storm Eagle. Um, the termies obviously go in the other Dreadclaw that's dedicated to them. Uh, if you choose to uh, not go with the Javelin, uh, you have an open, fast attack slot you could move the Claw to um, instead of taking it dedicated, and that would give you a few more deployment options on who starts where. Um, thanks for writing in, and I hope you like this list, Ryan. So that's what I wrote him back. So what do you think of the list that I wrote? Dude, for for starters, the fact that you put all the thought into, like, how they would get on the planet and get off the planet, because, I mean, straight up, that's what they were doing. They were searching out certain areas and cert- certain parts of the planet, and if... Let's say that this search party ran into trouble. It's not like they're going to be taking, you know, like a Sakar and a, and a Spartan and all this shit. They're going to be coming in with a Storm Eagle and a Charybdis, and they're flying around the Anvilus, like it's like with their little locator beacon, trying to find things and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it the list itself, fluff wise, like I think you took like I, I think you took his fluff level and just like fluffed it even more to the point of ultimate fluffness. Like, it's <laughs> like, I can't, I don't even know as, as close as you can get without like spilling anyway. So, I mean, just hands down, like it's, it's super fluffy. It's a super fluffy idea that, you know, they're riding around in the transports and these are the transports they had. If they ran into trouble, this is all they could pull from. And then on top of that, you made the, the units, beat up kind of fucked up it's like hey we're not a full 10 man squad because we lost you know johnny wild last turn so yeah. <laughs> nothing we could do so i mean it's such a like on top of the fluffness to it this is also a very competitive list uh, it, it's mm, not i don't know that it's very competitive it's okay i think it'll like in the hands of a decent player you should easily be able to win half your games with it no problem yeah but i mean that's a lot of it is Cassian Dracos helping around because he's just. But you got Cassian Dracos and Fire Drakes dumping in turn one and a Charybdis and a Dreadcall. That's that, and then Derek Draeger stomping around with those uh, Darkfire Castle X. That's a brutalized unit too. So that's going to be the core of what makes this army competitive. Are those? And then obviously outflanking sniper vets are never bad. And then the Storm Eagle and the Charybdis are going to give you good anti air. And then like we talked about, people don't consider Anvilus like normal Anvilus drop pods. Like, I don't know why, but, like, they're so good. Like, you can do that flame attack two flyers. All you have to do is be able to move over the enemy model. And it's doing D6, strength five hits that ignore cover. And it hits the weakest armor. Well, almost every plane is armor 10 on the back. So if you, so you just move. if you deep strike a third up the field, because you know flyer is going to be coming in, minimum 18. So right. you deep strike, you know, well, I guess it would be two thirds in the enemy's deployments, or two thirds towards the enemy. You deep strike your first turn there. They come on. You move. 
over them. Over them. And then they're taking D6 strength five hits on armor 10 that ignores cover. You, you murder a lightning. You, you murder a lightning from an ambulance. So it's pretty good anti-air. Yeah. It's solid. No, like, I, I mean, the whole list itself, like, I, I know you say it's not very competitive, but I could see a lot. Well, it's not, of... it's not super optimized. Like, you could obviously go through here and really optimize it, but that's not the point. The point is he wanted this fluffy list or whatever that still, but you still, I tried to make, like, I definitely wait, wait, put way more into the fluff of it, but I, I also didn't want to give him, like, some bullshit garbage that he's never going to win a game with and he's going to play it twice and be like, well, this was a cool idea, but, you know, I don't like getting my face smashed every game. You know what I mean? That gets old after a while. Like, you always want to have the opportunity to win. I mean, no matter how fluffy you're trying to be. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. This is a very fluffy army that also has some punch. It packs a yeah, punch. I think so. I think it'll be fun. It'd be really fun to play, too. I want to uh, see it, man. I want to see it, like, so bad. I really want to see his fire drakes. I want to see them, like, fucked up. Like, this whole army. Like, I don't want to see any clean armor in any of this army. Because they're not... Well, and, and if you look at it, the army... The other thing I like about it is it's basically a... Uh, other than the two anvilus claws, because you can't get drop pod Like, in a non-drop assault list, the only way to get drop pods is the Charybdis or anvilus. So other than the two Anvilus Claws, there's not a repeated anything in this list. No. Like nothing. I mean, even the two tactical squads are armed differently. Separately. Yeah, they're optimized. And then, then the, the veterans, like, he can arm them different, like make one close combat, one shooty if he wanted, or whatever, but they're different unit sizes. So it, it really makes, like, it feel, especially if he paints it right, uh, it, with his idea, which I love, about putting, you know, the mixed guys in there or whatever – it should really give you this feel of this really hodgepodge unit that's drawn together that has to be really highly adapted to perform different roles to get the job done. A unit that was searching some planet, and then bam, they got jumped. So, anyway, I liked it. I had fun writing it. It was really cool. I like that story a lot, too. I like books. I like book six a lot. So, Definitely, dude. And uh, for those of you out here listening, hopefully he take some pictures of this for us but also hopefully he uh uh takes some battle reports perils of the wallet man yeah i'd really like to see some battle reports and i don't like a lot of these armies like i feel like because i write a lot of these lists and i'll throw like dread claws and charybdis and shit that's like those aren't cheap models no. but his fucking name's perils of the wallet so i was like i felt pretty like okay well i can throw a charybdis in here which I don't know what models he owns, but I guess I was like, when I saw the crashes, I was like, well, for one, how the fuck are they dragging this thing around? Like, how convenient is that? Like, I was like, man, this has to be replaced with a Dreadclaw. A Charybdis. I get it. Perils the wallet. Like, that's <laughs> that's one of the biggest dumps you could throw <laughs> in your wallet. So, anyway, I hope he likes the list. Give me some feedback. I want to know what you think about it. I, that's, that is my feedback, man. Or are you talking about Jim Carl yeah, giving feedback? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure, dude. Send us some feedback, man. And if you play this and you do a battle report of it on your YouTube channel, I want to give us a heads up as soon as you post it. And we'll, uh, we'll also post it to our site so y'all can see it. I would, man, I'm totally down to like see this like hodgepodge army. But, so. But yeah, so man, we did it. We made it through the list of Palooza. Made it. 
I'm pretty we sure. We already got more lists. Already like, got more lists. Yeah, we already have more lists, and like this episode isn't even done yet. But I already, I already feel like by doing this list of Palooza, we opened ourselves up to like. Well, at some point, it's likely to hit the point where we just can't do all of them. It's gonna be. It's, it's gonna be one of those. It'll like, be a sad day. It'll be good because it means that. We're, you know, we're doing a good job. And we'll have to like have like us. a mailbag episode and all that shit. Like, like, like Sons of Horus. I have or Horus. Sons of Horus. I have Horus. I, because I, yeah, sorry. But yeah, man, we're getting there. We're getting there. But, um, yeah, at some point, uh, we, we may not be able to do like, uh, like review every single list. We'll just have to kind of pick and choose. But for right now, I don't mind doing them all as long as it's not 100% absolutely overwhelming. Dude, but on the same token, what's good is we actually I talked to Josh and he said he actually called us out on their last webcast saying that we're stealing all the lists. And said that, you know, we're we're taking all the, the lists that are being sent in. Even though they're getting sent in like to us. You mean stealing them. Well, like, cause they asked for lists too. Like if anybody has any lists. Oh. So well, well now it's gonna be like a you know, we'll review some lists. So do we we kick them the scraps? We're like, we're going to do these. Here you go, Josh. There's like or, this, now this inner turmoil between us and the webcast now. Like, nah. Do we need us? And you are us. Like it's you. Like what are you, you going to be like? Two faced? You going to argue with yourself all day? But, but yeah, we'll 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 go ahead and like send your list in. Like we don't really get any like. Uh, normal mail like there's nothing there like all the mail is like hey here's my list we don't get yeah. any like yeah uh, you can always send normal that's way easier to read off i mean not that we don't like lists i mean send what you want we don't care i want somebody to like draw a picture of like flowers and shit like like draw a picture of us like hey i doodled this while i was hanging out at work i just wanted y'all to see it thank you well, we can Love kick we'll kick some of the list we'll kick all the dick pics we get <laughs> to josh along with all the lists we don't want to review we'll give josh that if you could title your dick pic emails as for the webcast only, I'd appreciate that. And then we'll send it to Josh and Zach and all them. And I'll look at man meat. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'll look at it. We'll review that. <laughs> I'm married. I'm secure in my sexuality. Whatever. You know? But totally, guys. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I, I do want to see some armies, man. Um, but the good news is people are posting armies on the, the actual Forgotten Legion uh, Facebook page. But I do want to see some armies. If you could send that an email, we'll gladly post it up with the Radio Free Istvan SoundCloud. Like, we'll, we'll, like if you want to show off your stuff, if you want us to shout out your event, anything like that, we'll do it, guys. Like, uh, we got room, man. Yeah. Internet. Well, I feel free. like we get a lot of lists because I think we we've tried to cater to new players a lot. Like we did all the the Kauth stuff, all the Right of War stuff. So it seems like the crowd at least what I can tell is kind of like we attract are people that honestly, you know, need help. Maybe not. No. Or, you know, I, I like that a lot of these guys write in and they're like, well, I'm really frustrated. I don't whatever. And I feel like when you get like that, getting a new perspective on things helps a lot. Like I, I put these lists out there. They may not necessarily like everything. Hell, they may only like one thing out of it, but if they like the one thing out of it, it sparks an idea in their head where it makes them happy and they can build the list they want out of it. You know, mission accomplished, man. That's all we so. want. We just want you guys to be happy. We just want you guys to be happy, and we want y'all to start local 30K events in your area so we can go. And we want and y'all to, like, start y'all's own, like, podcast and just make, like, a, like a 
a webcast and like film battle reports. We just want we just want the little like we're trying to plant fires everywhere we can. Now, now here one thing on the podcast thing: if you if you start a new podcast, please just invite me to be on it as your co-host, and I'll just do multiple podcasts. I I hounded Michael to get on this one just so I'd have one less to listen to because I have so many to listen to because <laughs> I listen to Varangian and Northern and I have Horus and all these other podcasts, and then I listen to some thirty k. I'm like I'm. I, I can't fit anymore. So if you create one, I'm going to have to be on it. I hate to tell you. Like, <laughs> he's just going to like invite you. I'm not even in. asking permission. Like, if you, if you want to be my friend and you want me to listen to your podcast, I got to be on that son of a bitch so I don't have to listen to it. When we recording, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what everybody's like. Well, when did you. When did you get on the RFI podcast? As like when I reached my limit of podcasts, and I called Michael and was like, "I can't listen anymore. Just put me on it." So I can. I just got to talk. I just got to talk. Gotta <laughs> talk. I got to talk, so I don't have to listen to myself. So I, I know everything what's happening in real time, so I don't have to listen anymore. So true story. True story, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's all we got for this episode, man. We got nothing else. That's it. 12 yeah. minutes, 12 minutes, and I'm going to have people knocking on my door. Banging I want to play some 30K. So, We're getting three, three new guys tonight are coming. Are you excited? Yeah, fuck yeah, it's new people playing 30K. Do they have armies, or are you going to loan them armies? Uh, one guy, I think, I don't know. I, I know that one guy just started. He's got, like, a calf box, and that's it. Love it. Um, So... We'll, we'll get the hooks in there, help him out. Um, you know, he'll obviously only be able to play small games unless he wants to borrow shit. I mean, I got a ton of armies he can use if he wants to try something out. We actually told him, because I, I haven't met him in person yet. I've just talked to him in email. But he ran into um, some of my minions at some other game stores and was like, hey, we have this club. You should come play. Um, I try to stay on the local Facebook, too. Like, if I see somebody that's like, hey, I just got it, like, I met a couple, like this guy, one of the guys that's coming, he, I guess, just got out of the army, moved here, local. Right. Was like, like hey, I've lived here a month. Um, I got, you know, just starting to put some, you know, get get things organized, and I, I'm looking to play some games. Does anybody play 30K? So if I see something like that, I usually, like, hey, we have this club, and then here's these other stores that, you know, run 30K events, but, you know, whatever. So uh, it's good. So, like, he, I, we, I try to tell these people they don't own anything. I'm like, well, come here. We got a really good crowd. I think we have literally every legion represented with, amongst our club, like between all our armies, except for Thousand, Thousand Suns and Space Wolves. <laughs> Thousand Suns and Space Wolves are the two legions that nobody here has. Uh, other than that, and we don't have a Solar Ox player. We have uh, several militia armies. We have uh, Mechanicum armies, and we have every legion other than those two. Um, so when people show up, I'm like, you you know, you can borrow whatever you want. You can play on all these tables. We got guys that like to play more competitive. We got guys that like to play more narrative. We got guys at different skill levels. You know, maybe they started later or started a long time ago, or maybe they like to, you know, drink beer more than they like to play. So (laughs) I get it. I get it. So, you know, whatever I'm like, there's something for everybody. You know, we all get along, all get whatever, and then it works out. It's pretty cool. So, um, hoping, you know, should be fun meeting these new guys tonight, play some games. Also, my buddy Scott, he built an all-night household army, got six beautiful knights. He left them here. They're actually in there sitting on my bookcase. I cleared a shelf for him to, like, display. 
his models because they're so beautifully painted. Um, my other buddy, uh, Chris, is supposedly bringing his knights tonight. They're going to have a knight household on knight household fight. Oh, my for- God. You should call Samson, have him drive up there tonight, and y'all can fight his warlord. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast is over, folks. I'll see you later. (laughs) You fucking kidding me? Really? I tell you this this beautiful thing. This beautiful thing about what's about to go down. Right behind me on one of these tables, and we have to drag it back to this warlord shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Dude, take pictures at Questorus on Questorus action. I would love to see that. And then we'll post it up with the podcast shit. Okay. I will try. I'll try to remember. All right. Well, I'll let you get to your, your hosting. And guys, if y'all are in anywhere within the Northeast Indiana area, well, what, what part of Indiana? You're South I'm Indiana? I'm central, central Indiana. If you're anywhere near central Indiana, even like a four-hour drive, you should make your way. We to- got a guy that drives here every week or every other weekend from Louisville. It's a two-hour, 15-minute drive, makes it every other weekend. He's here every time we have a game night. Ballot, battle Mallet Games. Well, don't just, – just hit me up on – don't look for that. I won't ever <laughs> read that Facebook. Just read. <laughs> send, send me a message. It's Ryan Kimmel. Just look for Ryan Kimmel or just email me. That's the best way. Email me at the, is it Ryan? At warhammer30k.com. How hard is there that? You go. Yeah. How hard it's not is hard. That? It's not hard. Uh, just, just send it. I don't email myself, man. How am I going to remember that? Um, so, <laughs> so just email me there. If you ever are in this area traveling through or you move to this area and you want to play, um, we're going to have an event on November 5th. So I'm going to only open it up to my local guys to start off with, like as far as signups and get as many of those guys that want to sign up as possible. But we're definitely going to have open spots. Um, The open spots, I'm just going to throw up to the public on Facebook and shit. So it's not going to be like a big weekend thing. It's, you know, I'm not like I'm it's not if you live in California or some shit, it's probably, you know, not like save your money and air miles for Adepticon or something cool. It's just some small local thing, but it will be fun. So if you live closer, you know, or just happen to be in the area then or whatever, and I have open spots, um, look for that on Facebook. And uh, once I put it up on Facebook and, you know, everything's official and I got all that, I'll definitely shout it out on here again if you guys want to come. Oh, it'll be so sweet. So be pretty neat. Definitely, dude. So I'm glad you got that out there. I'm glad there's people that know that you're welcoming and you'll allow them into your household. I will, as long as they're not uh, like serial killers or war criminals or ISIS or anything like that. There's a sign. There's a sign he has on his front door, so just read that. But anyway, (laughs) we'll catch you guys later, man. We'll start that music. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Later. Later.